Welcome back, Godslayers, to Death to Divinity, the first all-fat, all-queer D&D 5e actual play show and podcast. If you want to catch us live, you can catch us live every Friday night at 8.30 p.m. EST over on twitch.tv slash mermaidroyal. Join us on the Patreon for $3 a month for bonus content, playlists, and more. Now sit back, relax, let's travel back to the world of Akramon, and I'll see you on the other side. Who won last week? Oh, it was, it was it? me. It was Molly. Oh, yeah, it was Molly. So Molly, my sweet angel, you get to decide who goes first this week. I'm so soft. I don't know what happened. Misha and Adriel kissed and everybody cried. Uh, we found out that Kern's dad is a mole. Uh, nope, not Misha and Adriel. That's not who kissed. It was Gideon and Adriel. Why do I keep doing that? Uh, Brian woke up and there was a lot of nonsense. We landed on Terrapine and there was secret sauce. I tried. I choose you, Adriel. Okay, so the events of last week, Adriel and Gideon kissed. Uh, Gideon broke a very the telescope that Misha got for them. Uh, Brian is recovering. Uh, Gemma and Brian are have something, and also Kurt's dad is the mole. That's it. Uh, I pick uh, Lyrica. So, um, Brian hurt but conscious again. Um, Gemma helping her out. Uh, Gideon and <laughs> my brain is soup. Gideon and Adriel kiss. Uh, Current dad is a mole and uh, Time's up. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who would you like to go, Sweet Bean? Uh, Kida. Uh, Giddy finds note. Uh, they kiss about it with Adriel and Brian. Holy back stuff. Um, I get <laughs> at Gemma, there's a standoff, um, and then Kurt's dad, what? Oh. Did Sam go? No, Sam went first. Why y'all, why'd y'all leave Molly for last? All right, Molly. I went first, and I confused you. Gideon and Misha, and you yelled at me with your I mic unit. I didn't yell at you. I shook my head. Winona and Kurt scream in the bathroom. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Uh, Gideon finds a letter from the queen, and they and Adriel make out about it. Uh, they fight with Misha. Brian wakes up. It's super painful. Are you threatening me, Brian? Current finds out about their dad. Yep. Bam. Yeah. Hello, chat. Thank you for the four chaos. I promise to give you an evening you won't forget. And let us start it right this instance. As I bring you to a ship that not long ago was in front of a colossal, just as our heroes once were. In fact, we find ourselves in this ship of the people who saved Brian, who let this runic cannon loose in this moment of mystery for our players. But mystery for us no longer, my friends of chaos. This ship came with a cell of iron bars, specifically iron bars. Because anyone who's been from the wilds for five minutes knows that's the only real way to contain a fae. Flux, you know. But a fae's not in it right now. A father is. Current's father, actually. The very man that Brian had been asked to assassinate not too long ago. But cellbound, we see his face tattered and broken. And we see someone with wings that are nothing like Adriel's pacing in front of the cell, a snarl on their face. And this creature, this flux, 
looks at Curran's dad, who we remember, Articus Whitmore, with nothing but pure disdain, says, Do you know? Do you know what that might have done? To my body, to my soul. You take it over from your moments, but you do not know the consequence. And spits at the edge of the cell. He pulls it out, and we see, for the first time, an arcanic card out of its casing. He holds it up to Articus, like it's evidence, and says, This isn't a joke. These things aren't jokes. You know what I think? You know what I think, Articus? I think you know where the missing card is. You told everyone else that it went missing. I think you're a dirty liar, spits again. And you know what? I think I know exactly where you put it. And I'll bring Annie Janazi back to the crust if that's what it takes to get the job done. We hear Articus in this moment, previously slumped up against the cell unable to harness the energy to animate himself, stir at this mention. And he says, no, she's she's just a girl. You don't need, just take the card. And the person in front of him smiles a bit and says, Maul, it's a little late for that now, Artie, don't you think? I think you're growing a little soft on me, Art. You know what? A few days in here, I think that'll bring you right back to your feet. And then you'll remember what really matters. And that's getting the last one of these in my fucking hands. And this ship changes direction and begins to follow our heroes. And they know not a thing. We have 30 minutes, our dear heroes, before this airship, the Copper Veil, touches down in Terrapine for the first time. Have any of you been on land before? Besides Brian? Besides Brian. No. I didn't think so. None of you have even left Curthus before, maybe let alone even seen blades of grass sprung from the earth with your own eyes. 30 minutes away, though. And I think where we start is right on the outside of the war room. Now, everyone else apart for Brian and Adriel and Gemma are already in the war room, right? They've been told to suit up, get their shit on, get ready to go outside. And you've all done that. And uh, as we introduce each person, you can tell me sort of what their, like, I'm ready to go outside into the wilds for the first time setup looks like. But before we do that, Adriel. Yes. You are standing outside the war room mm-hmm. with Gemma Vario. She's called you out here to speak with her before you go sort of give instructions to the rest of your team. And she says, all right, so being on the ground requires really strong leadership skills. You make calls when people are too afraid to. You make sure your team's all together. I'd suggest some sort of buddy system. Are you feeling equipped and ready to handle this? Do you want me to lie to you, Gemma. No, I want you to be equipped to handle this. I'm going to attempt to be equipped to handle this. All right, there's no oof, I hate to get a little bit mentory on you right now. There is like a do or do not. There is no try. There's not like a middle ground here. Uh, you either are going to keep your people alive in the wilds or you're going to watch them die one by one or die unable to protect them. Where are you sort of landing here? She like takes a second and that, and then looks at Gemma and goes, no one's ever died on my watch. Right, then let's not start. Strong leadership, strong instructions, stronger follow-up, right? 
Right. All right. You need to go in there and teach them the following things. Okay. Never say thank you in the wilds. Wait, why aren't we allowed to say thank you in the wilds, Gemma? Oh, honey, oh dear. Oh, God. Um, ah, darling. If you say thank you to a flux folk... Okay. It implies debt. Cool. Great. Awesome. And she puts her hands in her pockets, immediately just panicking. Don't accept food from flux folk. That's also a really basic one. Have you heard that one? I've heard that one, yes. All right, all right. Never make promises in threes. Think we touched base on that? We did talk about that. That makes it magically binding. The only thing, I mean, this is why Terrapine is so safe. The only thing that can really stave off Colossals and less magical Fae are, is iron. And that's what Terrapine is completely made of. But remember, don't say thank you. Don't accept food from people you don't know. Basically, all of the regulars of talking to any sort of man at a bar also apply it to Flux. See, that's easier for me to tell them than... I figured. Okay. All right. Yes. All right. I. All right. Okay. But you're going to go in there, strong leadership, strong instructions, and expectations. You need to let them know that you have expectations of them that they need to live up to, right? Right. All right. You're going to go in there now, darling. She kind of pushes you in. I want to go around and sort of hear from each person what Adriel sees as they walk in for the first time and sees sort of everyone like equipped for this adventure. And let's go ahead and start with the person I know who's done this portion before, Molly. You want to tell us what Gideon's looking like? Yes, Gideon is wearing all black. I imagine it's like a high like turtleneck black top with like a diamond cut out in the chest. And then their arms are open and they have on these black sleeveless gloves because I'm emo and some black jeans as well. I was gonna say battle pants, but I don't know what that looks like. And they're also wearing, obviously, their parents' cloak, which is, again, this like bright red that I think looks different when it's in direct sunlight. It almost looks like a sunset shimmering or like fire, lots of like oranges and yellows. And then I think also around their neck, they're wearing a locket with their parents' faces. And I would imagine, I don't know if they would know to wear iron jewelry, but they're wearing a lot of jewelry on their horns and fingers because that's just how they like to roll. That locket is also iron. Of course it is. Beautiful. Yeah. Stuff hanging from the horns, rings, all oh, this stuff. Delicious. What about Winona? Um, I, I, I feel like and Winona probably packed like, didn't know exactly what she was getting into, but she knew she had to be prepared. So she's wearing like her typical like black pants. She's got her, her jacket on. She's got her hair up and she's also got like roller skating knee pads on and like <laughs> elbow pads. Of course. That makes complete because, sense to because, me. Because, you know, like you might hurt yourself. You'll have a, a advantage on all dexterity based <laughs> saving throws when it comes to falling downstairs. Yeah. For sure. Because that's what uh, panic packing Winona does. So She's like, I don't have armor, but I do have six pairs of knee pads. Yeah. Current, please. Give me the sauce. So uh, I think Current's going to have on that same sort of wide-brimmed uh, black hat that they had on when they went to House of Huntress. And they're also going to have, it's kind of a dress, kind of a shirt. It goes down long. It's, it's like a mixture of black and mesh. It goes down long sleeves on the side, and it's got cuffs that kind of come to a point. The shirt dress kind of like flails outwards at the bottom, and it's got sharpish points on it too. Buttons up the top. It's got kind of a mesh chest area. And then is going to also have on ripped fishnets because they have no idea what they were getting into. 
and long kind of like again very like witchy crafty kind of black zip up uh boots on i love that for us gamers and then uh i ask adriel what does everyone see as adriel uh walks inside with Gemma right behind her i think adriel is wearing this like a-line skirt as she always does this like little white uh a-line dress with like kind of like flowy sleeves and then she has like a breastplate on top of it but it looks like it was meant to be with the dress uh but she didn't know how to put it on herself so she went to Gemma and asked Gemma to help her because she's never worn a breastplate before so she's wearing the breastplate on top of her her dress um and then she has her necklace around her neck and just has like a little satchel slash pouch like on her hip that's like holding like her daggers and like knee-high boots that's what she's wearing Gemma's in her regular garb. I think there's the only marked difference is, yes, she, she her hat is on now, uh, right? So that 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 quintessential pirate hat moment is happening for her. Also, she's still got the duster on, but you notice that she's almost strapped this like halter piece onto it. And the marked difference that it creates is at the elbows, there are these spikes these iron spikes that are about this long at the end of them. There's these like three little prongs on each elbow. She's probably handled a few bar fights with those before. And Gemma is trying to fade into the background as much as a Gemma Vario can, right? She is trying to boost Adriel into this authority moment. So how does this authority moment happen? Okay, so Adri walks in the room Tries very hard not to trip over the like. You know, doors have like like a like little like lifted lip. Adriel's like was like watching where she was going so that she wouldn't trip over the lift and embarrass herself. And, and kind of like goes into the war room and like leans on the table and just goes, uh, "Okay, everyone. So we." Um, and she like takes a second because she could already feel that Gemma is not pleased with how this is going. She can like feel the energy. And she just goes, okay, so a, a few things before we get uh, down to the wilds. Number one, uh, don't say thank you to anyone. Uh, number two, don't accept food uh, from Flux Folk. Uh, and, and she like thinks for a second because she already forgot the third one because she's having an anxiety attack. And she looks at Gemma. <laughs> Gemma's doing the equivalent of like a grimace and a snarl at the same time. She's like, iron. Right, iron is... Uh, uh, mm. It's good. It, iron good, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, iron is good. It keeps flux folk away, fey away. Is it both? Is it one? Is it just flux folk? It is folk? one of the few things that can actually deal killing blows, darling. Yes. Okay, perfect. Um, also, um, if you don't remember that, just treat them like you would treat a man at a bar who's annoying. Great. A good talk. <laughs> she's slightly shaking. She's not, like, she's having a very hard time. You hear Gemma quietly behind you go, expectations. So my expectations are that we all come back alive. Uh, buddy system, don't go anywhere alone. And we get in and get out, and then we can go to the sacred grove. We're going to the grove? Adriel looks at Gideon. My wish is for us to go to Terrapine, do all the things that we have to do in Terrapine, get Brian healed, and then go to the grove. I like that plan. No, I... Yeah, that's a good plan. And speaking of Brian, I think it is at this point that Mara, like, finally... Because I think Mara, this morning, Brian, kind of, like, helped you get dressed and, like, get ready. And you are, like, a gust of wind from 
being toppled over. You're still on the mend, but you are like mobile and active by this point. Gemma did a very good job of healing you. You're doing much better today. And current close my scar. And current close your scar. Also that, very important. That's the only reason that I think you are out without help. So you sort of approach, you're right outside the worm door, and Mara says, um, well, Brian, is there anything else I can help you with? I, I've tucked some extra healing potions in your bag just in case, but anything beyond that? No, thank you. you you've been good, Mara. I appreciate it. Of course. Anytime, Brian. You just let me know if you need anything else, okay? All right. And you didn't want any more breakfast? No. And you drank those fluids I gave you? Yeah. And the herbal poultice? Po- yeah. And you're going to reapply it every two hours? Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you, Brian. I'll talk to you later. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Mara. Brian thinks Mara's very sweet and is also like, get me off this fucking ship because I'm going to fucking lose my mind. (laughs) Everyone's being too nice here. I fucking hate it. I hate Uh, it. (laughs) Yeah. And so then, Gideon, will you say the sentence that Brian hears as uh, she walks in? Uh, Yeah, you you listed three things about going into the wild. I promise I remember this more. Do you? Is there more stuff? There was the three... Hmm. Like Gideon's trying to give Agile the hint. There's, don't say thank you. Don't eat food. And iron is good because it keeps them away and can deal a killing blow. She like looks at Gideon. Never make a promise three times. Never make a promise. Makes it magically oh. binding. Hi, oh. Agile's head like, uh, perks up at the sound of uh, Brian's voice. Brian's moving very slowly. Very slowly. And will you tell everyone what Brian looks like equipped to head into the wilds? Yeah. So Brian is wearing like a black turtleneck that's long sleeved. And then she's got, it's a little bit loose right now because her back is still like in the condition that it's in. But she has like a a brown leather strap that goes across her chest. um, And she's got several knives like strapped into that. And then over that, she has like a black jacket that mostly hides that from view. Like if you were just looking at her, you probably wouldn't notice it. And then she's wearing tight black pants. And then she has these like black magic slippers uh, that are designed so that she doesn't leave behind footprints. And she also doesn't make very much noise. They make her super light on her feet. And then she also has attached to her hip like a small brown leather bag and when she walks into the room you can see cat poke their head out from the bag brian hi look at you mm, i'm here and only looking slightly dead thanks Gemma. it's nice you're welcome anyway don't make promises three times it's a bad idea do you tell them about the iron adriel yeah i told them about the iron and don't say thank you. You probably already said that, but just reiterating, please don't say thank you. None of you. And she looks directly at Winona. It's it's not my fault that I like to be polite, okay? Don't do it. I'm I keep gonna, telling I'm you, gonna, it's not, not worth gonna, it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. It's not worth it. Ezra looks at Winona and just kind of goes, you and I are kind of in the same boat. So we'll, Both we'll, of you, be we'll mean. Together. Today, be I'll, mean. I'll, I'll teach you how to be rude. I don't like to be Winona, yeah. I'll teach you how to be rude. I don't like I don't like to be mean. But, but like, I mean, like, also... I'm sorry, are we talking about being nice versus being mean when my life, as well as your life, is on the line? Well, we know you exist, so... Pardon? What was that, Winona? I'm just sorry, I thought we got confused about who the fucking captain of this ship was. Settle down, Gemma. Everybody's on edge. I could settle, but I... They... Oh, my God. I, so far, the plan, Brian, is don't die. And I prefer my plans to be a bit more intricate than that. I guess I just, I'm sorry. Look at me. I'm practicing how to be rude. 
I apologize. I don't like to do it often. I don't like to do it often, but sometimes it's just a little bit more we natural. We just told her to be mean. I, right. Sometimes it's just naturally a little bit easier. Well, we don't know. I tell you this much. Those people in the wilds. I can kill you fast. They can kill you faster. I'm sure of that. Don't worry about that. It's fine. All right. Adri will break break this and go and turn to Brian and go, Brian, what do we need to know about getting into Terrapine? Well, I'm going to have to get sponsorship from one of the guilds and then hope that the rest of them will follow suit. It's going to be annoying, uh, but if you let me take point, I can talk to the one that okay. my parents belong to and it should be fine. Adriel will take out the, the drawings that uh, Lucio gave her and put them on the war table in front of Brian and just kind of go, which guild is your family's guild? In what order should we approach these guilds? Adriel unfolds these pieces of paper from her pockets and sort of lays them out. There's a piece of paper for each guild. The first guild is Hawkmongress. This is the adventurer's guild that deals specifically in going out to the wilds in small, highly planned excursions and coming back with whatever sort of loot they need. This is a highly competitive guild full of really young adventurers who are incredibly cutthroat. Hyper competitive, the lovely spirit of Terra Pine sort of does the thing where it's like, ah, yes, the hero saved our town, knocked over three houses, you know, that kind of energy. The second one is the cadavers, which are close to the Hawkmongress, but not quite. These are its more rigid counterpart, mercenaries for hire, and those who are pledged to protect. Terrapine. They're going to tend to look down on Hawkmongress as sort of the people who could have done our job but chose money and adventure instead. The third is Isis Fidelity, which is named after the first Asimar. Isis Fidelity is full of the socialites and the politicians of Terrapine. They are the honor amongst thieves. So they're going to be the people who solve your arguments when uh, they get a little too out of hand and impose order when things have gone too far. They are also conveniently the ones who decide when things have gone too far. The fourth, which is the guild where Brian's family is from, is Zupifax, which is the brilliance amongst the dark because Terrapine is a sunless city because it's inside the statue. So these are the scientists and rune keepers and sort of the knowledge preservationists. They do a lot of like bargaining with Hawkmongress to get essential artifacts from the old world here and into Terrapine, but to be preserved instead of sold. So that's a really common contention point among them. Then the final one is the Ursimo Union, which also has quite a few members. Uh, never mind. We'll talk about that later. That's actually for me right now. This is the guild who, Brian, when you left, had undergone a very recent leadership change. But these people are... Um, Terrapinian nationalists who would seek to declare Terrapine a country and look about reclaiming the old world. So anything they do, they're going to do in that effort. That's your guild recap from me. We're going to want to ask for sponsorship from Exubifax, most likely assuming that things haven't changed, which uh, I'm hoping they haven't. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, well, you're with us, so probably Isis Fidelity is the next best option. And then the the Cadavas. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. And then the Kadavas are probably good third. Uh, I'd say Hawkmongress probably fourth. And I don't want to talk to Ursamar Union at all, but if we got to, then they're going to go last. Okay, Brian. And Adria will uh, just make a, uh, take a pen that she had, like, in one of her pockets and just 
put numbers by each of the each of the factions, fold the paper back up and put it uh, in her little satchel thing. All right. Well, we have less than 30 minutes until we touch down. Does anyone have any questions? 17. Brian looks a little uncomfortable. Idra will sit next to Gideon or stand next to Gideon now that she's not like talking to the group anymore as a, like as the only person talking to the group. Brian's going to go stand next to one known. Uh... What if we huddled up? Gideon says this out loud. Should we huddle up? Uh, I mean, we can huddle up. Isn't huddling only for like sports, Gideon? I don't know what that is. I don't watch, I don't know that. I, I'm down for a good I just want to be in a circle. Corvin made yeah. me watch football once. It was very boring. Uh, and she'll like go to move. God, I miss Corvin. Uh, and <laughs> she'll go to like stand in a circle with them. Brian, how are you feeling? Not good, but not terrible. Hopefully okay. we can find uh, an old friend when we get there who can actually heal this. Not that Mara and Current didn't do good work because you did, but Fey Wounds are a different beast. An old friend. They cool. It's complicated. Oh, wow. That silence was so loud. Woof. Oh, I can't wait to meet him. Shut up. We're not doing this right now. I'm sorry. I'm just scared. I've never touched ground before. Well, I'm not scared. I'm more excited. I've never been. What are you scared about? I don't know. What if I it's mean, weird? as long as you follow the rules, you'll probably be fine. That's not typically how I work, but I guess here I will. I mean, if you want to keep your head, you might want to. Adriel shoots a look at Gideon. You not following the rules isn't an option, Gideon. I will I will not be a problem. Adriel also looks at current. You too. What? Following the rules is imperative today. I, I will, fo- I, I promise. I, for you, Adriel, for, I will follow the rules. No wandering? No wandering. Okay. And she'll uh, kiss current on the cheek. Brian's gonna turn in like a Gemma and say, what are you doing while we're there? I've got some business to handle. Nothing involving tieflings, I hope. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. I'm sure you don't. Brian? Gemma? I'll take care of my business. How about you keep your kids alive? Call it even. There's a tense silence. There is. And then Brian says, if you see her before I do, will you tell her where to find me? (laughs) Referring to the ex. Uh, Yeah, I'll tell her where to find you. That is if I don't take her out first. I don't care if you take her out first. I just want her to heal my fucking back. All right. Then I might minor and diner get a ray for you. Okay, so I imagine that you are all in this huddle pretending to not listen, but all clearly being like, I'm sorry. I think after you say the thing about wine and diner too, Brian like kind of looks at you for a second and then like rolls her eyes and shakes her head and goes, Gemma, you're incorrigible. I don't know why I put up with you. And then like just kind of turns away a little bit, but she's like still smirking. Yeah, I think right after like Brian turns, like a wide smirk uh, spreads across Gemma's face and she kind of like pulls up uh, from where she was leaning against the wall and says, right then, see you at the entrance when we land. And she turns around and completely runs into Julian. And there's a large clattering sound as everything that Julian was holding in his arms just goes, (laughs) just falls all over the ground. Julian, who I think is like safely terrified of Jim Avario, says, I'm so sorry. And then like, <laughs> Ben's gonna start picking this shit up. You see that like, Gemma just like thoughtlessly, like just like kind of looks at all the things Julian has spilt. And someone who's not Jim Avario might stop and help Julian pick these things up. But instead Gemma steps over them in her heeled boots and says, yeah, don't do that again. And leaves the room. <laughs> 
Julian is now picking all of these things up off the floor, and you can see that there are six daggers that Julian had been holding. <laughs> completely uh, unsheathed in his arms. And uh, he he picks them all back up. He then kind of like takes the, the armful and just like sets them down uh, on the table and says, I stayed up all night making those. Um, they're liquid iron laced daggers and they should get you out of a fight if you need to. Brian's going to pick one up and flip it. Brian, you flip it around. You've seen these kinds of daggers before. They're like regular daggers, except for there's this hole in the middle where these glass beads are. And you know that on impact, these glass beads shatter and the blades becomes like coated in this liquid iron that can incapacitate uh, flux folk from anywhere between like five seconds if they're very powerful to like two whole minutes if they're not. These daggers would also cost you like a thousand gold a piece and they're a single time use. Brent kind of holds it up and looks at Julian and says, um, you made these? Well, the, uh, the enchantment on the, on the glass bead is a bit tricky, so. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, she tells everybody to take one. Edry like takes the dagger and is like looking at it and is like visibly just very impressed with it. Like she she in her brain is trying to like look at the strings of magic to like see how they work. And you're trying to look at strings of magic and all of a sudden Julian, what a fucking asshole, rips the dagger out of your hands and says, uh, not that one, that one's mine, use this one and hands you a different one instead. Aren't they all the same? Yeah, they're the same, anyways. Here, Gideon, you can use this one. And then hands Gideon the one that was taken away from you. I want to do a check I don't want that of one. some kind. I want this one. <laughs> I'm the only one who's used these. What's going Are on? trading? I want to trade. Uh, yeah, if you want to do an insight check, I would allow Brian to because Brian has seen these weapons before. That's a whopping uh, six. Six? Oh, no. Gideon, you may roll it as well, but you already know like the nature of the truth here. I would only just be providing you additional context. Okay. Yeah! Ah! Yeah! Much better, Bessie. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> Like Gideon, like Julian hands you this one and you you get the, you're like, oh, clearly this is like the one you did first. Cause it's clearly like a little bit worse than the rest. <laughs> like it's still functional. It's just perhaps maybe like the first one and not the best. Gideon goes, I don't want that one. You take that one and shoves it back. I'll take it then. I'll, that one's mine then. Thanks Julian. Great. Gideon <laughs> reaches towards another dagger like it is like a scorpion and like slowly drags it across the table, okay. loops it through their jeans. Brian watches all of this happen and then shakes her head and says, I'll, I'm going to go wait with Gemma. I'll see y'all in a minute. And Bye, she Brian. hobbles out of the room. Adriel will go back to inspecting the dagger. <laughs> like she was yes. doing. Yeah, you do. Um, you get a pretty good feel for it. This is a pretty advanced level enchantment. Just because liquid iron, it's the magic that has to suspend the iron into liquid. And so to hold it in that sustained state while also being in something as fragile as like a glass ball that can rupture on impact and is like told to rupture on impact is a pretty intricate set of like ritual crafting. Adriel will look at Julian. And for once, since they've gotten on this ship, it's not with any like anger toward him or like sarcasm toward him. There is like a, a, a like gentleness in as she's holding this dagger. And she kind of looks at him and she goes, 
Would you teach me how to do this enchantment? I need to know, does Gideon give any sort of visual indicator on how Julian should act in this moment? Yeah, it's a you better be fucking nice look. You better be nice. You see uh, Julian almost like looks past you at something for a second, Adriel. You're not sure what, uh, but the audience knows that it's like Gideon in the background being like, you know, uh, you know, and then is like, I guess I could. Adriel will look at him and try really hard to not be annoyed by his attitude. Okay, well, thanks. And she'll cheat the dagger and put it away. At this point, uh, Julian approaches you, Winona, and says, what weapons are you planning on using out on the field? I mean, I've got my battle axe. Oh shit, sorry, I didn't see that uh, giant battle axe until just this moment. I kind of just keep it propped up because I don't want to just, like, you know, have it on me at all times because it just feels a lot, like a lot, you know what I mean? Um, But but I, but I've got it, I've got it here. I mean, I'm, I'm also willing to, to take one of your, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's helpful. I uh, was just offering to place a small enchantment on this weapon. Oh, oh, sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like, you see Julian sort of takes it and I think it is at this time anyone who's remotely just got thirst eyes notices the ease in which the axe is lifted from Winona as well and set down on the table clocks it I'm very sorry (laughs) I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna tell you who has thirst eyes I'm just gonna tell you those (laughs) with thirst eyes notice it whatever and you watch as Julian sort of traces along the edge of the blade, looking very focused, and mutters two or three long dead arcanic words from the old world. This blade takes on a soft glow, and then Julian hands it back to you. All right, that's done. Oh, cool. Uh, thanks. All right, sweet. Um, hell yeah. It is at this point that Adriel wishes Julian wasn't so fucking intolerable. <laughs> Absolutely. So we've got 17 minutes. Is anything else happening in this war room before you touch down? Yes. Um, Adri is actually going to go over to Gideon. Um, And Adriel has this like little ring that she has turned into like, so it's on like a bracelet now, kind of. Gideon like already wears so many rings. Uh, And so she'll go over to Gideon and kind of like lean against the war table. And she goes, give me your wrist. Oh, yeah. Uh, and she'll, like, put the bracelet on Gideon. You're giving me jewelry? What's this do? You don't have to give me stuff. <sighs> Hopefully, if I ever need to, if we are ever separated, I can channel divinity and find you. But I hope Adrian, that it, I don't want to get separated from you. I hope that it doesn't come to that, but in, in case. Um, just in case. Uh, and she will also uh, cast Vigilant uh, Blessing, which uh, gives Gideon advantage on the next initiative roll. And what you, what you feel and what you see, Gideon, because you're so used to Adri's magic, is this swirl, this light swirl of uh, purple and gold and silver, like, ribbons that kind of, like, encompass you uh, just for a brief moment. I think Gideon nods. I think they really missed feeling Adriel's magic. And they take a second. They go, your spell work is beautiful, Adri. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go double check that I that I have everything uh, before we touch down and, and, and yeah and she'll uh, really quickly uh, give Gideon a kiss on the cheek and run out of the room. <laughs> Gideon's eyes turn into cartoon hearts uh, that <laughs> pop out of their skull. Can I get current to roll an insight check, please? Yes, fifteen. All right. There is something akin to devastation in Julian's eyes, and you have no idea why that would be placed that way. 
Prince gonna uh, walk on over to uh, Julian. Hey, Julian. Oh, hey, Cur- oh, hey, Current. Yes, Current. How are you? Uh, I was just about to ask you the same thing. How? How are you? Anxious to see the wilds with my own eyes. Anxious? Why would? Haven't you seen the wilds? No. Many of the Arcanic students never see the wilds yet spend their whole lives studying it. So, you've studied to be an expert on the wilds, and you've never been in the wilds? No, uh, Kern, I, I don't know if you know this, but uh, the only person who has successfully gone into the wilds and come back is Alan, my mentor, and Gideon's godparent. Makes sense. Well, I actually had something I want to ask, because it's just been... It's just been something that's kind of, I've just, I've noticed it, and you know, I didn't, I I was going back and forth about it, and I, it's just, I'm curious why it is. Ask away. Every time one of my friends, one of my best friends, gets done having a conversation with you, they're either mad, or they're crying. Just asking for a friend. And Current's the only one in the room to witness this, right? Oh, I want to be there, but I don't want to interrupt. No, no, no. Winona's also... You're, Winona's still there, right? Winona, are you, like, doing your best to, like, not be seen at the moment? Or are you just, like, standing across the table, like... I'm kind of, like, like <laughs> trying to, like, not pay attention. But also, like, also not trying to hide the fact that I'm just, like, what's happening? Julian lets out this large sigh. It says, current... Believe me when I tell you that I am trying, but there is a line to be driven between niceness and coddling a person to death in the wilds. I'm sorry, I don't recall any of us asking to be coddled. Me either. So, why is it when in moments that you're supposed to be helpful, once again, my friends are in tears, which seems... The opposite of helpful. I'm just trying to understand because we're getting ready to touch down, you know, we're getting ready. And I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page here because we all want to stay alive. None of us have the calloused hands of war or battle apart from Brine. All of us are going into this situation wildly unprepared and against the odds. My concern is not emotional well-being current. It is life and death. And that I understand. But shouldn't a part of that be, you know, making sure that we all get along so in those moments of high stress and danger, we can communicate better together? If their communication is lacking and is due to a show of unprofessionalism on their part, I promise when I am on the field, I will be nothing but doing my best. And I, I, I believe that you'll do that, Julian. I, I really do. I, I do. I just think, you know... We have two separate people that seem to be having similar problems, and there's one common denominator there. So I just want to make sure that we're all getting along so that we can all survive. And what were these problems of which you heard, Current? Well, I'm not saying I heard any specific problems, but I sure as hell heard the tears afterwards. Roll an insight check. Fifteen? Fifteen. Man, okay, Julian runs his hands through his hair in a way that's like oddly familiar to you, but you can't pin it. And says, Current, you would, I beg you to believe me when I tell you that I am actively doing my best. And I think Current's gonna lean in kind of real close and go, I know, Julian, I just want to make sure that we come back with as many people 
that we left with. Understand that they're my family. They're all I have. Then I suppose we're both of understanding that the only mission that we're on is to keep the people on this ship alive. Everything else comes after. Agreed. And then Julian looks to Winona to also agree. <laughs> Winona, what do you do? Cool. Uh, at that point, uh, Julian looks at the two of you and says, apologies, I must. And then Julian starts <laughs> walks out of the room. Leaving uh, Current and Winona, is there anything you two would like to speak about? Or can I hop on over to see what Brian's doing? So, uh, so, 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 so you've got, you've got buddies already, right? Well, I mean, I could always use another buddy. I can have more than one buddy. Okay, cool. You, Are we, yeah. Winona, do you want to be my buddy? I think that'd be, I mean, none of this is fun. Uh, but yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Right? I mean, I've got knee pads, but they, they probably won't do much, but we could try. We could try. Let's kick some ass together. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. 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 Remember, we yep. got this. We got this. Remember? Yeah. We got this. Yeah. We got this. Nobody's going to die. Nope. Mm-mm. I'm going to be mean, and we're not going to die. I can do this. I'm fine. Buddies mean not dying. No, thank yous. Who else would like to do something before the ship lands? Me? Please. I think, where's Julian going to? You watch Julian leave the room and do like the little like hands thing at their side. And then kind of like, I think you're like leaning against the door, right? Like the door at the exit. So when Julian walks out, like he does not see you. But you like do see that like moment of like, I don't know where to go. (laughs) And so I think you see that like, Julian takes a a few, like, unsure steps towards heading towards the deck. I think Gideon's, like, leaning against a wall and just goes, hey. Oh, Gideon, you cannot do that. I can do whatever I want, Julian. We are in the wilds. Please do not lurk around corners like flux folk. I'm not lurking. I'm leaning against a wall. It's hot. You, you can try it. Oh, oh. What is your problem? Current just attacked me in there for causing tears? What is going on? I'll tell you what my fucking problem is, Julian. Then Gideon, like, flips the letter out from the little, like, diamond in their chest and just gently tips their hand forward with it between their two fingers and goes, I think you already know. Julian haughtily snatches it out of your hands and flips it open. And the anger shifts to confusion, to doubt, to realization, and then to the indistinguishable face of a royal who is keeping it together. A steady calm looks at you and says, I knew nothing of this. Can I roll insight to see if Gideon believes that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you can roll insight to get just a temp check. That absolutely works. 20. Yeah. I think that though you see... Misha doing an incredible job. Just that small amount of gathered tears in the corner of the left eye is the only thing to give them away. I think Misha sees someone that was so fucking ready to just like beat him up. On them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even kidding. Like so ready to like get physical there almost. Like have all of that anger just sort of exhale. And Gideon's eyes are also watering. And they take the letter back. You really mean that? And I think that, like, the emotions are still, like, 
building and swimming. And to the point where I don't, I think you can tell that like Misha isn't even looking at you anymore. They're looking past you and you almost see like a crackle of magic at their fingers. And they say, of course, Gideon, why do you think I didn't talk to Adriel after the assassination attempt? I don't know. I don't know you. You don't talk to me. No, you don't know me. And I pray you do not. All I ask is that you help me keep her alive on this trip. Nothing else. No gossip. No letters. I am here to die for her or leave successful. That is all I need from you, Gideon. You have a lot of fucking nerve after reading that talking to me like that. I know you didn't know. Are you kidding me? I have a right to be mad. You're lucky. Me? You would speak to be mad at me, the person whose life was accounted for in inches and miles of political moves? Why the fuck do you think I kept you as far away that I could? I didn't go out to dinners. I didn't go out to drinks. I cut everything short because I knew you would be harmed the second you got close enough. You were already close enough with Alan. Why the fuck do you think I came on this ship for a moment away? Winona, current, can I get perception checks from the two of you. Winona? (laughs) Winona? You hear, like, angry shouting about royalty, but you don't know jack shit about royalty, so you're just like, someone's arguing about the queen, and I don't know what the fuck this is about outside, but you can tell that, like, Curran's just kind of, like, too into you to notice right now, but you're definitely clocking it. So y'all in the castle like to scream a lot, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. Do you not hear the? They're, they're fighting about. There's somebody. Should we? There's, they're fighting they about something. They do that. They do. They do they that. Do that. They okay. Do all the time. All the that. Time. I know they were supposed. Like. Okay. We cut back now to Julian getting right outside the room, and says, "I am not asking for pity. I'm not asking for grace. I am just asking for your agreement to help in my cause, Gideon. You consider me dead afterwards." Believe me, you have no fucking pity for me, all right? And Gideon gets an inch from Misha's face. and goes, I'm sorry I showed you the letter. Sorry I suspected you. All your family has ever done is taken from me comfortably and often. And I suspect as long as I live, you'll continue doing that. So trust me, Julian. I have not felt bad for you for a fucking second. And they... Shoulder check Julian as they walk past with their other hand. I don't think Julian sees this, but the audience sees them like clutching that locket of their parents. Where are you going, Gideon? Are you heading to the deck? I think so. I'm so angry I don't know where I'm going, but I think my body's on autopilot taking me there. Gideon, you are angry walking up to the deck. Brian, you are already there, correct? I'm with Gemma. Who is on the deck? Gemma's up on the deck. She she has, like, uh, these little fancy binoculars that she's kind of using. Because I think this is actually what we see as we see this scene. I think we see the moment where the ship comes down from the cloud line and Akramon comes into view. This lush, sprawling forest that is now something twisted, something more. You see pockets of storms, of haze, of otherness, and then pockets of gray emptiness, these spots of null as you get closer 
And I don't think Gemma's looked at you, but I think Gemma like knows you're there. And Gemma sort of like has these binoculars that she's holding up to her eyes. And she says, uh, yep, good news, Brian. Looks like your hometown's still in one piece. Thank God for that, I guess. Thank gods for that, I guess. So I know we're putting on this whole thing in front of the kids, but you know I'm grateful, right? At that point, Gemma turns to you and she sits back on like the ledge of the airship to face you and kind of like smirks and says, I have no indication of thankfulness. Brian rolls her eyes and like kind of crowds into Gemma's space and says, well, if you'd stop yelling at people for a minute, maybe you'd get something and then kisses her. And Gideon on autopilot, that is what you see as you step out onto the dock. There's this long kiss from Brian and Gemma, and it's it's flirting, it's intense, and I think, like, right after it, Gemma pulls away a little, but she's still close to your face, and she says, you know, kissing me's not going to keep them alive, right? Yeah, no shit. Well, maybe you should be worried about that, then. Maybe I should. And then she's gonna kind of, like, knock her elbow against, like, your arm as she turns, and I assume sees Gideon. Oh, yes. Much like Riverdale. Uh-huh. That moment <laughs> absolutely does take place. And as Brian turns and sees Gideon at the entrance to these docks, where not but a few days ago, Gideon did take Brian's form, bleeding and battered down the stairs. What does Brian see? I think they see Gideon still clutching the locket with a look of, like, confused devastation on their face as they just sort of stand there. And you can tell they, like, stopped in their tracks. And they just sort of tilt their head and then just nod to themselves and uh, turn around and walk back to give them space. Brian says, Gideon, wait, and kind of like hobbles mm-hmm. after you. She's oh, God, please slow. don't hobble. Oh, it's, I'll look, slow it's down. the only way to keep it from opening. Are you, what? Are you okay? Oh, I had a really bad conversation just before that. With- I would have reacted better to that had I not had a. a, a, a some, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you didn't interrupt anything. What do you mean you would have had a better reaction? Why? I I didn't know you and Gemma were... I mean, I get it. I don't know who I'm more jealous of. Well, I'm not jealous. I mean, she's really cool. You're... I... Gideon, I'm sorry. I thought... (laughs) I saw that mock on Adriel's neck. You know that, right? Oh, God. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I thought we were broken up, and then we weren't. And I thought you and I, and and then that, and then I don't know. I don't know how these things work. Gideon, the last time I held your hand, I fucking started bleeding all over you in a stairwell. I don't care about that. I mean, I care. Oh, God, I care that you were hurt. I mean, that doesn't change anything. I mean, okay. I'm sorry. I'm a clown. I'm a clown. I didn't mean to. You're not. Have you ever seen a clown? Those things are scary. I Gideon lets out like a laugh that half sounds like a cry because they are just so pent up from that conversation with Misha. What happened right before you came up here? Who were you talking to? At that point you hear, excuse me, as Julian brusquely walks past the two of you. Can you fucking watch it? You walk around this goddamn ship like you got the whole thing riding on your shoulder. Relax. withering look in the universe uh, and uh, continues up the stairs. Anyway, I don't know what is up that guy's ass. What's... 
Who were you talking to? I'll give you one guess. Their name rhymes with Boolean. Oh. Well, what the fuck? Is that why he's all mad? Probably. What happened? I don't know. He, fuck that guy. Who cares? You being mean to him made my day. Thank you. I thought you were friends. <laughs> so did I. Gideon, what are you That's telling why me? I'm the clown. That's why I'm the clown, Brian. Stop that. I'm not a clown. Why? What are you not telling <sighs> me? And then Brian's going to, like, kind of grab Gideon's wrist and pull her, like, further away from, like, where Gemma is. Yeah, you pull her into, like, the side room where, like, the mops and stuff for the deck are kept placed. Like, this tiny little storage room that's right by the deck. Like, on the stairs in between the two levels. She's gonna lean in and she's gonna go, what are you telling me? You acting weird tonight that I got hurt, too. What the fuck's going on? Julian is just being a jerk on the boat. Why? Because they're so stressed out. I don't... Can I roll an insight check? <sighs> It's up to Molly to consent to an insight check as a player. Yeah. Okay. Go Please ahead. Insight me. Uh, would you like to roll a deception check uh, in refute Molly, or would you like to yeah, call it Yeah, because that's fun. It's okay, go ahead. It's a terrible insight check, but let's go. So it's a seven or You know the ten. numbers. Continue. I, all right. Listen. It, <sighs> I think, Brian, it's safe to know that you still know that there is more. You oh, just yeah. have no oh, information no, I know. as to what it is. Absolutely. I know that things got weird and Kern's dad and... I don't know. I'm an assassin. Everything, you know, my back's still fucked. God, I hope we find her when we get down there. Ooh. Somebody who can heal me. It's uh, the fr- the friend that I mentioned. Uh, okay. First of all, I don't know if we should even be worried about feelings right now. Second of all, do you need me to kill that guy for you? I think for the first time that day, like, Gideon actually laughs, like, throws their head back and laughs. No. Okay. It's complicated. I complicated. Yeah. I'll make you a promise. I do it in threes, but I'm going to be careful. Don't do that. I promise I will. I'll tell you what's going on later. I just don't want to do it on the boat. Is that okay? okay. Yeah. Um, Sorry to be weird. No, it's uh, come with me to find. Pause. That was a promise made in one, correct? Mm-hmm. Only mm-hmm. once. Okay. Come with me after we get sponsored, after we get through through the walls, if we make it through the walls, which should be fine. Uh, and come with me when I go to find Yastira, and we can, uh, hopefully we can talk, okay? Yeah, you can give me a tour of Terrapine. <laughs> yeah, that'll be great. I'm sure it'll remind you of home, really. It's just a fabulous place. If you're from here, then yes, it is. You'd be in nice Oh, that was again. too much. We should, oh God, we should go. Like, Gideon, like, runs our hands through their hair and uh, starts moving towards the docks with Brian. Brian kind of snorts and then, like, follows you. Yeah, you go to step out of the broom closet and go ahead and give me a dexterity saving throw, Adriel. It's a two. I cannot wait to twist my ankle. Well, (laughs) the door of the broom closet smacks Adriel in the nose. And Adriel, you take... Ooh, let's roll it, Papa. Roll 1d6. You take one point of bludgeoning damage as you topple down the half set of stairs that you had already walked up as you see uh, Gideon, though hot, kind of carelessly, throw open the door, smack you directly (laughs) in the nose, and then watch you topple. Does Gideon and Brian uh, leave a broom closet together? We continue. Adriel's like, oh, fuck, ow. Uh, and she's like, oh my holding, god, like her face. Uh, I assume, honestly, TBH because of the drama. I think she's bleeding a little bit from her nose. Uh, oh my god! Oh, 
oh, sorry. Oh, and like, oh, I'm sorry. she sees Brian leave the closet because the door hits her. Brian stops dead though, and it just goes, oh, Jesus. And current in Winona, that's when you come around the corner and you see like Adriel sprawled at the bottom of the stairs and like Brian and Gideon looking terrified on the middle of the stairs. Uh, and that's what you're kind of walking into. Adri will uh, very haphazardly like get to her feet and it, like realizes that she's bleeding because she can see it on her hands and like look for like one of her like handkerchiefs and very quickly like presses it uh, to her face. <laughs> Yo, we haven't even left a ship yet. What is happening? I got Brian, Brian's door. gonna lean in and kind of like like oh. touch Adriel's arm very lightly and say, "Is it? Is it? Can I?" Yeah, and she like removes the the thing. I think it's fine. I don't think it's broken. It just hurts. She's gonna tilt Adri's chin up a little bit and kind of like inspect and then say, "Can I touch your nose? Is that weird?" No, it's fine. Uh, she like <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna wiggle it in a couple different places oh. and ask you if it hurts when you like move it kind of to the left because the door hit her this way. So when you go to move it back the other way, she's like, "Ow!" Brian goes, "Uh, that might scar. It might be a little. I think it might be a little broken." Actually. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, oh God. Okay. Um. Uh, uh. Uh. And she like. Do you want? Do you want me to go get Mara? She's uh, got all I'll, kinds of healing. Wait. I'll... Actually, hold on. Hold on. And Brian goes into her bag and like pulls out one of the healing poultices that Mara gave no, her. No, you. You hold that. You hear. You hear. Don't worry about it. I've got it. And uh, Julian's tall presence uh, now comes brushing past you down the stairs. Brian goes oh. like this and says, "Did anybody ask you?" Uh, Adriel kind of looks up at him and goes, oh, I was going to go to Mara. I was just going to cast a simple spell to heal it. Okay. But if you'd like me to wait for your approval, Brian, I can. I have a question above game. Yeah. Does Misha's magic feel the same in this form? Have you ever felt Misha's magic before this point? I think so. I think that Adri is so clumsy, and because they were teaching that class together, I think that there are a number of times in which Adri could have gotten hurt, and she was like, oh, I can fix that. Then quite possibly, yes. I would ask for an arcana roll at casting. That's fine. But at this point, Julian is cattily said, unless you'd like me to wait for you. Adriel looks up at him and just goes, I'm bleeding. Please don't be an asshole right now. Brian exactly. rolls her eyes and says, I can't fucking stand men. Why did we bring him on the ship? And then I goes wasn't and like, choice. just like turns and walks toward Gideon. Great question, Brian. And at that point, she gives um, you a little fist bump of solidarity. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Julian gets very close to you, uh, Adriel, and I think it is at this point I would ask for both an insight check and a arcana check. The insight is an 18. The arcana is a 10. While this magic does not ring of, of any familiarity to you, as Julian is so focused on casting this simple magic, and Julian gets very close to you, to the point where you're like breathing in the same air as each other, that sort of physical closeness steps and goes to cast this magic and kind of like reset your nose at the same time. And in that moment of stillness and closeness, you can see the still drying, like redness of his eyes. And he wordlessly fixes it and turns around and walks back up the stairs. Adriel will, that image immediately reminds her of Misha. Like there's no doubt in her mind. Like she doesn't know that it's Misha, but the Mm -hmm. two images together, like that, like, you know how when you look at something and you're like, ah, yes, this is the other thing that this reminds me of. It's that whoever's looking at Adri can, can do an insight check or not. But you see, if you're looking at her face, you see this moment of kind of like, confusion and 
trying to like piece things together. Um, and Adria will kind of like push at her nose a little bit to like see if it still like hurts. Totally fine. And she's like, okay. Winona, Curran, yes. Gideon, and Adriel, what does it look like for the first time as you all ascend to the deck together and see the ground? I think there is a moment of kind of like stunned silence from Adriel as she like takes out like the smallest notebook she has on her. She has three notebooks on her because this is who she is as a person. She takes out the smallest notebook she has. And if you're like looking at her, you can see really quickly that she's just like drawing an image and like labeling things as they uh, start to descend. Current kind of defaults to excitement over any other emotion first with new things. And so just very wide eyed, like almost like I were touching down in some very weird kind of Disneyland. Just everything is new Mm -hmm. and I'm just struck by even seeing the ground for the first time. Winona is pretty much the same, and like the only thing she can think of is just like going to like lay on the ground as soon as they get off the ship to see if it feels different because she doesn't know if it like feels any different than it does like up in Curthis. Like she wants to like touch and like be like acclimated with everything, but also knows that everything is dangerous. I think Gideon walks up beside Zadriel and just sort of like laces their pinky with hers as they're sort of looking down and is just again stunned silence and wide-eyed and looking out to the horizon to see just how far everything goes and what is even beyond terrifying. I ask for perception checks from everyone in this moment. 30, 20. 21. 18. 21. 16. Anyone with an 18 or above, which at this point is going to be everyone but Gideon Osman, you see it moments before Julian warns you. You hear Heads in an instant, moments before. Winona, Current, Brian, Adriel, up towards the mast, you see a flittering bird, uh, not much larger than like a stuffed animal, right? These long ribbon-esque wings uh, draped of pink and releasing like a slow trail of like beautiful purple light as it flies. But it is with ruthlessness that Julian calls heads. And this this like arconic crossbow forms in his hands in a quick second. Bolt already locked. An instant takes sight. A single shot pierces it from a hundred feet away. An incredible shot. This ship is moving and it falls. Now, Adriel, Winona current brine this bird is going to fall if you would like to intercept in some way to catch this bird before it just falls into the ether somewhere i do do i recognize what this bird is roll a history or nature check for me my choice yes and if you are trying to catch it tell me in what way and then we can call for rolls and go for there i think adria kind of like leans like not like entirely like putting her body over, but does kind of like extend her hand to see if she can even just like grab a feather or something that she can inspect. Okay, so you're doing that. I need to know, is anyone who hit that role making an attempt to catch in this moment? I'll attempt to catch it. Okay, tell me in what way you are making the attempt. I think she kind of tries to just like lunge out with an arm. Okay, if you lunge towards the edge of this ship, a dramatic failure will result in dire consequences unless someone can stop you from falling. 
but that's the life of a fretsman, no? Mm-hmm. What's the role that I need to do? You want me to call a DC? To not fall off, I'm looking uh, for above an eight. To catch it, I'm looking for above a 14. Can I, instead of catching it, give a help action? Yes. Instead of attempting to catch um, it? Tell me how you are helping before Brian I makes this roll. I think Adri is like, kind of like holding Brian, not like on the back or anything, but just like as Brian lunges, Adri is stabilizing them uh, so that they don't go over. I will accept that. Go ahead and roll it with advantage, Brian. 17. 17. You reach out and catch it. I imagine Adri has my other hand. I do. Yeah. And Adri kind of, you know, counters your weight and brings you back on. You both kind of tumble backwards a bit. And this bird that you're now holding in your hands, it's like the size of your chest, Brian. You actually feel the scar on your back kind of subtly rip in places. Not complete, but that you know, that kind of feeling of, like, when a scab just kind of rips up uh, in a place yeah. that it should Adri sees, like, the light starting to peak slowly and, like, snatches the bird from Brian. Not in a mean way, but just in a, you probably shouldn't be touching this. Um, and she, like, sets it down on the ground and she would just like to do, like, some kind of investigation you or nature You set check. the bird down on the ground. Who is all standing around this bird at this point? Me. Me. I am too. Oh, a bird! <laughs> okay, everyone oh is standing by the bird. I hear you Get in just now. Beagle bird. Okay, so uh, you are standing by the bird. And, like, let me just, like, you can't act on the bird, but can I just hear from anyone who is not in the process of catching what their reaction to all of this was? So that would be Winona, Current, and Gideon. I feel like my heart dropped a little bit to see Brian getting, like, nearly getting in trouble. Not, like, trouble, but, like, nearly hurting herself again. But, like, catches, like, this big bird, and I'm kind of shook at the bird now that Brian's okay. (laughs) And Current kind of looks at... How far away is is Julian from where we're at right now? Julian is, like, on the other side of the deck having made this shot. Julian is standing, and you can tell that maybe a few seconds ago, like, during this, like, sort of interaction where you were all getting used to the deck at the same time, like, I think, like, Gemma was in the middle of cornering Julian and flirting with him because she is incorrigible at best. Uh, And so she's still kind of got him, like, pinned to a corner of the deck right now. Current very much wants to kind of just dive in and touch, but then just the small memory of yes we are in the wilds and kind of just fighting the urge to get her hands on this thing and see what it is and why it was shot down yes you approach closer Gideon I think Gideon cannot help this expression of like naked admiration for that sick ass shot that sort of flashes across their face as they like look to Julian because they were slow on this one they did not see it so they were kind of like uh over at Julian and then looked away And now they're just sort of staring down at the bird. Staring down at the bird, you watch Current get a little bit closer. That that initial inclination of, like, curiosity peaked. At the same time, these birds' pink eyes go red, and its mouth opens. You see this bird, now still dead, has these sickening, sharp, pointed teeth being animated from beyond life, speaks in an unnatural tone that is encompassing a being much greater than this bird. You know instantly this is merely a vessel. And it says, your friends and family of Ilya welcomes you to our domain. We know of which you seek, and we'll bargain when you're ready. Dexterity saving throws from everyone who is by this bird right now. 
16. Uh, six. Not 20, thank you very much. Three. 21. With a natural 20, you may save one person who has failed their dexterity save. Who are you picking? Who all failed? Winona and Gideon. Who in that instant, that one, you have that gut. You've been keeping people alive here. They are not ready for this yet. You have that instinct. Who do you save? Alrighty, I just got a very important call. It was from Wizards of the Coast. An important ruling has come through from the official D&D referees. Oh. Uh, they, they actually pointed out that Winona does have an ability that helps in this moment. Winona, do you want to tell me about this ability that helps you in the moment? Danger sense! So at second level, I gain an uncanny sense of when things nearby aren't as they should be, uh, giving me an edge when I dodge away from danger. And it gives me an advantage on dexterity saving throws against effects that I can see. Can someone tell me what it looks like as Winona... Current and Adriel all dodge out of the way. Like, what is like your fur? Like, oh, I should probably tell you what you're dodging from. Do you see that pink trail had followed the bird down? That pinkish purple trail had followed the bird as it was falling down and it pulled in, like, and, and it was still kind of hovering in the air as those words were happening. But at the end of those words, that energy is sucked in into this bird and there is a moment of pulsing light as this bird swells to explode i think adriel immediately grabs current and i think if it's okay with lyrica i think lyrica grabs winona (laughs) Uh, i think current grabs winona and then i think with current being in the center of the of the triad uh we all just kind of like uh dodge out of the way okay And Brian, you go to do the same, except for you realize that that Gideon Osmond. That bastard. I am sure Morgan Osmond lamented the exact same sparkles that are in Gideon's eyes right now, telling his wife, that love of beauty is going to get you killed. You see Gideon clutching her locket and staring down at this piece of the wilds in, tell me if I'm wrong, Gideon, complete, like, awe. Absolutely. You get the sense, Brian, in that gut feeling, like, this is someone who's not going to keep themselves above ground. Like, this is not the instinct of someone who's going to keep themselves up and alive. Brian screams Gideon's name at the top of her lungs. I think Audrey screams it at the same time. Doesn't hesitate, just lunges forward and like with both arms like grabs Gideon around the waist and hauls her onto the ship like really aggressively like pulls her into Brian's body and I think Gideon reaches for Brian instinctively like as they're and I think that like the way that Brian grabs you it kind of like pulls you like like pulls you down because she's so short it's like pulls you almost down to like your knees and like our heads knock together and um, Gideon, it is a three, and I'm gonna say that um, you were spared from damage. But can I please get a Constitution saving throw? That's a big old six. Here's what we see: we see this this energy get sucked in. Those with the survivor's instinct all dodge out of the way, and Brian, you make up for what is lacking. Gemma and Julian are much too far away to do anything about this. You see this eruption of light from like Halo Gideon in that moment. 
all of you were expecting something physical. No. The wilds don't work like that. This bird erupts in this burst of light that may have scorched you were you too close. As all of you dodge out of the way, only this pink smoke, this pink purple smoke remains and you watch it seep into Gideon's skin and disappear. Gideon, you don't see this. It's it's going just straight into your back. You're facing away. The only person who can see it's done something concrete is Brine because the ring around Gideon's iris is a tight pink, the same as the color before. Can I get a nature check from you, Brine? An 18. Brine, you would know that this is the mark of Ilya. This is how the Ilya dynasty knows everything that happens in the wilds. Someone who is not Gideon can now see through Gideon's eyes whenever they would like to. Brian watches this happen and her good eye like goes really wide. She like reaches up and she actually, she cups your face, Gideon. And she kind of like pulls your face towards hers and she rests like your foreheads together. And she says, okay, you're okay, you're okay. Uh, yeah. You okay, yeah? Thank you. Can you see me? Yeah, I can see you. Can you see me? Yeah, I can see you. You're strong. Uh, <laughs> wow. Lots of practice. But... Uh, um, do you, do you feel okay? Do you feel like yourself? Yeah, Gideon's just like on top of Brian, like on like the deck. Like, yeah, I feel, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, Gideon's having a moment of like, are we falling in love? And Brian's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like, it's just like so, the different energies of this situation. <laughs> Brian like kind of nods. I think Gideon would notice that she's like panicking a little bit, but she's trying to like keep it between them so that nobody else notices it. Um, And she kind of nods and it's like a little bit frantic and like your noses brush together when it happens. She says, okay, uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about, but right now I need you to just be really, really cool. Okay. Can you do that? I'm always cool, Brian. That's like my thing. She says, okay. Okay. And like, she's like hyperventilating a little bit and then she hisses and then she says, ah, fuck, fuck. God damn it. I'm bleeding all over the place again, aren't I? And she's like, not good. Oh God. Uh, and Gideon, like, turns their head to look at everyone and is like, hey, um, I think Brian got hurt. Audrey uh, steps forward and, like, uh, takes the pouch of, like, healing concoction stuff uh, that Brian had. Adra waits for Gideon to get up off of Brian and then helps <laughs> yeah. Brian uh, sit, like, get up to, like, a sitting position. And Adra will, like, <sighs> kneel uh, on the on the ground uh, and kind of, like, touch uh, Brian's shirt and just goes, I'm sorry, uh, can I... Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. L, just um, do it. How far are we from, like, landing right now? Maybe three minutes. Okay, okay. Uh, she's going to take, like, the, the healing things that Mara uh, gave Brian and, like, start putting them on her wound. She's going to grab Gideon's wrist and, like, squeeze it. And then just kind of, like, looks at Current and just goes, um, I know that we had a long rest and, and spells. Um, do you still have the spell that you used to close the wound? I don't. Okay, that's okay. I, I, no, 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 that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Um, and she... <laughs> well, no, no, how are you reacting to seeing your bestie Brian uh, go through this? I'm all over the place. I'm kind of, sh- I'm like mm. really shocked by like just a really quick turn of events. And the last time that I tried to like do anything, I got yelled at. So I'm kind of just like kind of standing back and like 
having seen how everybody else kind of operates in like I'm just gonna say small moments of crisis <laughs> compared to like everything mm-hmm. else like I I feel a little calmer than I did before and I'm just gonna let them do their thing because I am starting to trust people Actually's gonna look up at Winona and just go hey Winona um can you run and get Mara if possible yeah I think that you're faster than me so I think you should be the one to go get her yeah 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 I'll go get Mara so I'm gonna wait on that goes to do that Uh, and I think Adri is taking like she looks at her dress like her long dress and because she doesn't have any like rags on her she's gonna take one of her daggers slice like the bottom of her skirt to like make like a like a piece of fabric uh, and just start like applying it very gently to Brian's back so it can start soaking up uh, the blood okay Cool. So you run to get Mara. Yeah, you find Mara. She was on the bridge because she was watching the landing. Because guess what? Mara's also never seen the ground. <laughs> so she was like, wow. And then you came out and we're like, someone's bleeding. And Mara was like, oh. Mara gets up. She manages to regauze the wound for you. But the warning is given. <sighs> um, okay, so I'm just going to I'm gonna put gauze on this, Brian. Uh, just be really careful, okay? Because if you go down out there, you might die faster than someone who doesn't have this. Brian, until this is healed, you are going to have disadvantage on death saving throws. Does anything else happen before we land? Brian, can I get a history check from you? Also, do you intend to cover for Gideon and keep this ringed eye a secret from Gemma? Okay, you got a four history, that's okay. Yes, I'm Um, gonna keep it from Gemma. For now, you would know that if a fretsman bears the Ilian mark, Gemma would not let them onto their ship. I'm ship. aware. I'm going to keep it for now. Okay. All right. So you all are getting closer and closer to docking, and Gemma sort of gathers you around. I would say, Brine, if you'd like to make some sort of play to get Gideon a pair of sunglasses or something, this would be your time to do it before Gemma sort of gets within range of Gideon. But you're going to have to be like, Gideon, put this on. No reason. Anyways. So it's your call how you want to handle that situation. Do you take the risk of Gemma noticing and not do anything and keep Gideon in the dark? Or do you tell Gideon to put a pair of fucking sunglasses on and like, you know, deal with maybe answering some questions later. Yeah, so it it, it is, it's a super subtle mark. It's not like a really large ring of pink. It's just a subtle lining around the eyes um, that if you didn't know about this condition, you would lead it to, ah, you know what? It's probably, uh, oh, a fantasy pink guy. Or, you know, well, maybe they're high. Maybe they got bad sleep. Uh, you know, you'd be you'd be able to relegate it to one of those excuses. I think Adriel still wants to inspect Gideon either way. Yeah, go ahead and roll a medicine check. And then I think, uh, just for, this can get incorporated whenever, um, I think Brian actually, like, while she's kind of digging her fingers into Gideon's wrist, like, while um, Adriel and Mara are healing her back, she, she kind of looks at Gideon and she says, hey, you know those, like, really cool sunglasses that you showed me? Yeah? Yeah, I think they'd really complete this outfit. You should you should put those on. Okay. This is a weird time to flirt, but whatever. <laughs> Gideon, like, <laughs> I don't know if I have them on me, maybe for simplicity's sake. Like, I feel like you maybe keep them tucked into the little cutout of your shirt for that's aesthetics. Hot. That is what Gideon yeah. would do. Gideon, like, flicks <laughs> okay. them open and, like, slowly slides them on and goes, better? And Brian goes, yeah, I think that looks a lot better. And also, people won't be able to perceive you as well, you know? It's a good thing. 
you know I love that. And then Gideon yeah. imme- like immediately tilts them down to wink at Brian and then puts them back up. Brian cannot help but like grin, but is very much thinking like, oh my God, you're going to die in the wild and it's going to be my fault. Gideon, you are choosing at this point to forego an inside check, right? I think Gideon's thought was that Brian was acting weird because of the scar, but if I have reason for an insight check, I will. Sam, how do you feel? Honestly, I feel like that's a character choice for Gideon because like you know Brian really well at this point. So would you feel like she's acting strangely enough for you to do an insight check? Has she ever told you to like put your like put your aviators on? I feel like she's made fun of your aviators in the past. Yeah, that's a very good point. All right, then I will do an insight check. Did you just roll a nat fucking 20? You fucking piece of shit. You both know the outcome of this role. This scene is up to you. Are you good? Other than the scar? You hate these sunglasses. Are you trying to make fun of me and have me look like a douchebag while I meet your dad? No, I'm not trying to make fun of you. Uh, That's assuming my dad's still alive, Gideon. I don't know. Sorry. No, it's, uh, they look good. And I can't say anything more, but remember that talk we were going to have? Yeah. We'll talk about it then, okay? Okay. Okay. But for now, just just keep those on. And Brian winks a little bit. Okay. I think they look cool. <laughs> I know you Gideon do. Gideon tries to shake off the nerves and act normal. Because Brian earlier said to just act cool. So that's... Everybody's cool. We're cool. Everything's chill. We're fine. I think, like, Adriel has been, like, panickedly poking at your body this whole time. Adri, you can... Despite, like, looking over, you're, like, holding Gideon's arm and, like, you can't see any visible entry point for the smoke, for any consequences of it. It just looks like it's gone now. And so maybe you're, like, Gideon flexes. Maybe it didn't do anything. I think Adri immediately goes to Julian. Gemma has kind of, like, cornered Julian. (laughs) Yeah, just because, like, Gemma's going to flirt with any, like, muscly tiefling who's above six feet. And so Julian, like, feels that instantly. Aren't you like 5'11", Gideon? I am 6'1", thank you very much. <laughs> no, well, Jimmy can't tell. If you'd like to interrupt their conversation, you are more than free to. You hear uh, Jimmy go, so where did you learn to shoot like that? And uh, that's the sort of conversation that they're having. Adriel will look at this conversation and then think about the conversation we have, she had with Gemma earlier and just kind of clear her throat. Uh, Gemma, I'm sorry to interrupt. I need to talk to our Feywild expert about matters that are important to keeping us alive. Go ahead, authority figure. I've got to call down to Terrapine anyways. And you see Gemma kind of flip her Simpax open and start doing something Captain-like on that. Uh, and Adri will uh, step uh, to Julian. Julian is not making eye contact with you. Julian is, oh, uh, sure. has, has like turned out to on this, you know, like uh, arms sort of folded over like on this, on the rail of the ship and is like staring out. Adri will take up the space next to them uh, and just go, what was that bird, Julian? <sighs> I have to go look at the formal name of it. It's some sort of fear flux phoenix. I some I think it's a tracking bird, a spy bird who is great at that. Okay. Well, and Andrew will kind of turn her head to look at him. It exploded, and there was smoke, and it went inside Gideon, and I can't. I couldn't find any points of entry. It did. Yes. Brian, can I get a perception check? Yeah, I'm going to give you a chance to, like, tell that, oops, uh, Julian's a bit messy and might escalate this. It's a 15. Yeah, you hear this conversation starting to happen about 15 feet away from you on the on the ship. You s- Brian's going to get up and say, Gideon, can you help me get over there for just a second? I just need to talk oh. to Julian. Do you want me to pick you up? Kill him. Sure. Yeah. 
Gideon picks up Brian. The way they did when Brian first got hurt. Like, careful to not touch their back. But, like, one arm under the knees and the other kind of, like, avoiding the scar very carefully. That Julian goes, wait, they got caught in the blast? I thought Brian pulled them out of the way and kind of, like, pulls away to, like... Brian did pull them out of the way so that they didn't... Uh, and Adriel's, like, very visibly flustered because, like, yeah, she just watched this person that she loves in just some Feywild thing that she doesn't understand, which for the first time in Adriel's life, she doesn't understand something. It exploded... And they avoided the blast, but the remnants of the blast were this pink smoke and it went inside Gideon's skin. Brian, this is what you hear as Gideon approaches with you. Question for the DM. Does Brian know that this, is, that the Mark of the Flux is a curse? 18 nature. Yeah, it was a nature yeah. check. Well, I look this up. What are Winona and Current doing? Current turns to Winona after they've seen everything. It's like, did you, did you see that? Yeah, how could you miss it? It was, it was, it was awesome. It was terrifying. It was terrifyingly awesome. But, but we're almost landed. That's right. Ha- have you ever been? No. No. Me neither. No. I hope Gideon's I hope kind of okay. excited. I am excited. Well, I mean, it looked like nothing. It. I mean, I know we saw there was smoke, but I mean, Gideon seemed fine, That's right? That's true. That's true. Everything feels weird. Big birds... Big, big things with big hands and things that shoot off big hands. This is a lot. I know, but, but hey, we're all here together, right? Yeah. Everybody's alive. That's true. I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take off um, my knee pads really quick because I don't think these are gonna help anymore. I can get them for you. Do you want me to help? Yeah. Okay. And I'll bend down and just start like very gently and lovingly just kind of taking them off and Oh, I know a panic. I like your knee pads. Did, Thank you. Did I did I do something wrong? No, no, no. You're fine. This is fine. This is this is oh. a okay. Here you go. Cool. Thank you. Thank. I don't know where I'm gonna put these now. I just kind of put them gently in a on the deck in a little space where nobody else can touch them. Not like it really, because we're only people on the ship. But you know, I want to be cur- be courteous. I have this bag. Like I have a bag bag of holding. I could. But, but they're but they're you. sweaty. Sure, you want to put them in your like with all all your stuff. I don't. I don't. That's okay. If you. Well, no, no. We, I mean, you were you were locked in my bathroom. We, we've kissed twice. I I don't. I. You're right. Okay, fine. Your sweat is the least of my concerns. Oh, okay. Here. I'll take them and happily put them in my bag. Okay. There, see? We cut now back to uh, Gideon, uh, Julian, uh, Brian, and Adriel. Brian, this is a curse. Also, you would know been referred to as a tricky one, but you don't know anything beyond that. So Gideon carries me over. And when we get over there, she kind of like taps Gideon. She says, okay, put me down now. Okay. Adrian will look at Brian because Gideon just carried them over. Go somewhere else. I'll flag you down. Me? me? Go somewhere else. I'll flag you down. I don't want to interrupt my known and current. Do you see that? Go find Gemma. Go find Gemma. Oh, okay. Gideon. Wait, no. Gideon should be staying here, Uh, Julian says. No, Gideon can go talk to Gemma. That's fine. Mm -hmm. No, but we have to investigate. This is unsafe. Brian's going to reach forward. And at the same moment that Adriel covers his mouth... Brian's going to grab him by the front of the shirt and pull him down to her height. You pull them in. Uh, Gideon, do you still walk away at this point? No. Given that your two paramours are no. uh, <laughs> assaulting your future mother. No, I'm staying. 
No, Adri looks at Gideon and goes, go to Gemma. Whoa, 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 whoa. Listen to Adriel, Gideon. Go talk to Gemma. I know you want to. I promise we'll tell you later. I told you we'd talk. Go. Be cool to Julian. And like Gideon says it like in a like clipped tone. <laughs> Everybody's cool. Everybody's, everybody's cool. cool. Right, Julian? Well, yeah, everything's fine. Everybody's cool. Everybody's they, um, fine. They readjust their sunglasses and you hear them going, Gemma, so with these heels, I'm actually... And Adriel will very slowly, she'll make eye contact with Julian. And she goes, I'm going to let go of your mouth. You're not going to scream. And we're going to have a conversation about this. If you do, it'll be the last sound you ever make. Are we clear? Adriel lets go of her mouth. What are you doing? Shut up and listen. It's a curse. I know it's a curse. It can be fixed. It's a little tricky. But for now... Everybody's going to be very, very cool so we can get guild sponsorship to get into the city. We can't be cool. As long as Gideon bears the curse, they know exactly where we are. I understand that. Do you also realize that I have a fucking fey wound on my back and possibly have a colossal following us? I'm just saying in the hierarchy of things we can manage, getting the curse removed from Gideon seems the top. I would agree, but we don't have time right now. Because if we put off getting sponsorship from the guilds to get into the city, they'll raid the ship and kill us all. Is that what you want? I want the curse off of Gideon. That's what I want. We all want the curse off of Gideon, Julian. Also, have you told Gideon they're cursed yet? Is that no? Because they're gonna freak out, Julian. I don't know if you know Gideon. Freak out, shut everybody. Be cool. You too, L. Relax. Adriel looks at Brian and like is kind of like a little kick puppy and just goes, "I don't know anything about Feywild curses, but I do have remove curse if we just want to try." Okay. Then we will do that. It doesn't take a while, but they might feel my magic. So we need to come up with an excuse for why I'm doing magic on them. Why are we lying? Because Gideon is going to... Adriel will cup Julian's head in her hands so that they're looking at her. You don't know Gideon Osmond the way that I know Gideon Osmond. And so when there are matters concerning Gideon Osmond, you're going to shut the fuck up. Do I make myself clear? And of the three of us... You know the least. So no, that's not happening. I don't give a fuck what kind of expert you are. I fucking grew up here. I lived here for almost a century, Julian. Do you know how long that is? Can you conceive of that? Shut up. Well, let go of their face. And let us take point on this. If you say a goddamn word, and then she's going to take one of her daggers from her leather strap... Adriel will look and at them and go, just, Brian, please. She just, she holds it next to her hand. She doesn't touch him with it, but she holds it next to the hand that's, like, gripped in his shirt still. And she says, this is going to go directly into your throat. Do you understand? All right. Perception checks from Winona, Current, Gideon, and Adriel. Uh, not Adriel. Adriel's there. Fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah. God damn it, Eleven. Gideon. Jim's not that hot. If I could use my inspiration to get that tasty twenty-one. Oh, baby, I'd give it to you. Gideon's, like, mid-sentence, like, no, I love your jewel horns. Mine are, like, pretty. Like, I like yours. I've been wanting to wear some like that, too, but they're, like, looking back over. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think Gemma's flirting with you in kind. However, I do want to say specifically in this moment, I think Current and Winona notice at the same time, but I think it's a little different for Current because that's the person who you found out was hired to assassinate your dad last night. How does that feel? It's a lot of mixed emotion because it's like current is still like, do I do I fully believe this? Do I not fully believe this? But also 
feels like they've been around Brian and these like that they feel like they they trust them, but also like just a lot of confusion. The confusion is swirling for you and Gideon. I think that like Gideon, when you kind of get distracted, Gemma like follows your eyes and then rolls hers and says, it's Brian for you. Knives are the answer for everything. Uh, maybe not in, in this in this case. Um, sorry. Well, can we keep talking about this when I come back? Just a second. Sure, love. Great. And then Gideon turns and walks back towards the group. And so I think this moment is so intense from like Adriel, Brian, and like Julian that no one sees Gideon approaching. So what is the last sentence that Gideon hears uh, from either Brian or Adriel before appearing in this spot? I think it's Brian finishing her threat. No, I, and I think Adriel, as soon as Brian finishes her threat, just goes, we don't, it's fine. That's, I know that's how you handle things, but. And remind me what the full, the full threat was. Brian says, if you say a word to Gideon before either of us says that it's okay, this is going in your throat. Do you understand? And then what are the first few words that Adriel says in that moment? Uh, She goes, there are much scarier things than knives and throats. Gideon, that's what you hear. Do you choose to intervene or listen to the rest of this play out? Is there still a dagger at Julian's throat? It's not at his throat. It's not at his throat. Let me specify. She's holding it. There's at least this much space. Okay, so it depends on who you ask. An average castle kid who's never seen a dagger to someone's throat? Fuck yes, absolutely, that's at someone's throat. To an assassin, you're like, no, it's six inches. That's basically a kiss. <laughs> There's just, it's just a different matter of opinion. I think, not in like a rough way, but I think Gideon takes Brian's hand and like tries to j- like pry it away from Misha Osarov's throat and goes, whoa, what did I say? So when you grab her wrist and like pull it, she kind of like flicks her, her eye toward you, but she tucks the knife into her palm and puts it back in her strap. And then she lets go of Julian and just like stands back and kind of like brushes her shirt off. Brian, the wrath is bubbling in your throat once more. What was the one thing I said before I left? Be cool to Julian. I don't remember. Can you refresh my memory? It was be cool to Julian. And I was in the middle of something with Gemma that could have continued. I'm cool. What? I'm cool. Are you cool? You cool, Julian? Julian looks at Gideon. Julian is not sure they have an ally in this moment. Is Gideon giving any indicator otherwise? Yeah, like the fact that Gideon stepped in instead of staying to do something selfish and get more information for themselves was already kind of a step for them. But I think behind the sunglasses, Misha can see that there's like eyebrows furrowed, not in anger, but in just like concern. And they're just sort of like looking nervously at Misha with like clearly like, oh my God, I just saw a royal threatened. And there's a very clear panic that might not make sense to either Brian or Adriel right now. And there is a clear panic that might not make sense to Brian or Adriel right now in Misha's eyes as they are in an instant re-traumatized from their first assassination attempt. Adriel... I think you are not mature enough to know if the look is the same for everyone when they have a knife put to your throat. But this is the distinctly same terror and fear that you saw 
when you pulled the assassin off of Misha for the first time, for that, during that time when you saved them. I feel that like Brian can see me also going through those emotions now. And I'm looking at Julian and I think Julian is looking at me as we are having the same kind of moment. And I uh, let go of them. Uh, Cause I was still trying, kind of like holding their arm or whatever. Gideon, can you come here? Yeah. Um... I need you to trust me. Okay. Like, I need you to ask no questions asked. Trust me. Easy. While that's happening, Brian is standing there just staring at Julian, just like stone cold. Uh, Adriel will put her hands on Gideon and just go, I'm going to cast magic on you and you can't ask me why. Everyone keeps flirting with me in very confusing ways today. <laughs> All right. But okay, as long yeah, as we're yeah not, take, the, take the flirting. As long as we're not holding <laughs> up knives to Julian. I know we fight, but that's... I'm going to say that's a line. Adriel very quickly says, uh, that's a line for me, too. Uh, no more holding up knives to people, please. And she's, like, shaking. Like, you can see that she's very lightly shaking as she... In her brain, her her brain is, like, you know, those um those things that we used when we were kids, the, like, little snap photo, uh, <gasps> yeah. like, binocular... That's what's happening in her brain right now with the snapshots of everything that happened on the night of the assassination attempt. Brian held her hands up like this, but she doesn't say anything, and she still has the same, like, basically dead look in her eyes. Okay. Um, and Adriel will uh, put her hands on Gideon and, and cast Remove Curse. You pull this curse from Gideon's body. As you, what does it feel as Adriel casts this kind of magic? I think she feels very raw, right? I think she has to like empty herself as much as possible so that that magic has a place to go. And I don't think she casts this often because it's not a thing that she encounters often. Adri kind of like has to empty herself and you see Gideon, cause she's standing in front of you, you see her eyes go blank as she is like, concentrating as much as she can on like ripping this curse from you. She feels the curse wash over her even though it's not sticking to her. So you can see the waves of like anger and wrath and fear and like landing on nausea uh, and then finally going back to normal. And it's just kind of like this long dark thread uh, that is like imbued with pink that's like swirling around her fingertips and like just going in circles as it like winds into itself. And I think like when Adriel casts magic, magic in this world is the crossroads of essence and determination. Essence means how well you truly understand the nature of what you are trying to change, the understanding of the essence of fate and the existence and of magic itself, and determination. The determination to alter the course of being through magic. And in the past, it would feel like pulling on strings, right? Elegantly creating a new reality in true understanding. And this is prying infection from the strings itself. Entirely different. A stubborn hold that refuses to budge. You muster your courage and confidence and go to rip it. Adriel, Gideon, Julian, and Brian all need to roll constitution saving throws in this moment. 15. 18. A natural 20. Is Misha going to lower the roll list? Yeah. Adriel, you pull this curse from Gideon's body, but you are not equipped in Feywild magic, honey. You don't know that unless this curse has a place to go, it's just choosing someone else. 
you rip this curse from Gideon's body. In a flash of pink light, you see it course through the air. It tries to inhabit your body. You push it out. Brian and Gideon, you feel similar movements around you before in a slam right into Julian. I guess that's what they meant by tricky. Brian, very, very calmly, while y'all are freaking out, um, not only says, like, I guess that's what they meant by tricky, but she goes, I told him we needed to wait. It's not something you fuck around with in an instant. Brian, that was my idea. We could have just, we, we could have left it, and Adria is now spiraling. Adria is completely spiraling. Gemma's turned around. She's at the bow of the ship. She's having some conversation. You can see, like, you're pulling closer, right? To the point where, like, the docking person who is, like, docking, Luso is driving. And, uh, like, Gemma's, like, point personing. And so she's at the helm, and she's talking to the person who's going to dock. And you've gotten close enough where these people can speak, and the other person is being heard. So maybe 200 feet away in the shouting region. Um, Current and Winona, you do see that take place. You see that burst of pink light and the increased panic amongst these four. Something is fucking happening. I I don't think Gideon's okay. Adri looks at Gideon. She looks at Brian and she looks at Gideon. And she goes, can you check that there's nothing else? What? in, In her right now. Gideon, can you take your sunglasses off and look at me? You just told me to put them on. Fine. Gideon. I understand that. Can you take them off? I want to see your beautiful eyes. Okay. Gideon slides her sunglasses off. And so I think it is at this point, Adriel and and Brian, I think, can pick up on the the thin pink line in uh, Julian's eyes. Adri will nod her head and just looks at Gideon. Aviators, please. Gideon hands them over. Thank you. Confused. Brian's going to look Gideon over as requested and then um, turn to Adriel and say, she's clear. Okay. Uh, what? He's not. He's not. So now what? Yeah. You hear a kfunk as and a, a small little jolt as the copper veil lands. You hear... All right, perfect job, perfect job, perfectly parked. What the fuck is this ship? This is so nice. Uh, you hear that uh, from some sort of dock master uh, as you realize that, like, you hear, like, a thunk as the plank kind of comes down and things are moving around you. Adriel will very quickly, like, pull Julian so that he's, like, hiding behind her, kind of, uh, and look at Brian and just go, why did Gideon have to wear the sunglasses? At that point, Julian says, it's my eyes, Adriel. No, no, no. I know it's your eyes, but why did Gideon have to wear the sunglasses? Brian's going to lean in and say, because if Gemma Vario finds out that one of her crewmen has this curse, they're not getting back on this fucking ship. Great. That's what I thought. And she's going to shove the glasses at Julian. Put those on. Until I can figure out where this curse is going. Put those on. Julian puts the glasses on. I'm sorry. If anybody asks, you won those in a bet. (gasps) The bet was whether or not Gideon could sleep with oh Gemma. My God. Okay? Clear? That sucks. You can regain your prowess later. That doesn't matter right now. You and I will talk about this later, I promise. That's the third time she said it, but only the first time she's promised it. Was the intent a promise the first two times? That's only the second time that she's That's promised to talk to Gideon about the curse. So, 
Gemma comes down the, the tall part of the, the dock, her hands are in her pocket. You actually see she reaches up to her hat and she kind of like twists like a feather on it. And you notice that like in an instant, she looks like someone else. And suddenly she looks like high elf, uh, you know, she looks super tall to make up for her horn height. She has blonde hair, you know, she's wearing more of a dress. And she says, right then we ready. That's a new look for you. Aye, aye, Captain. That's like it. And she looks at uh, Gideon with a, a brush of approval and says, Right then, do you need anything from me? No, Captain. Then I've got some business to handle. Uh, stay safe. Simpax if you need me. But okay. oh, I forgot. They don't work inside Terrapine because of the iron and whatnot. So don't need me when we're in Terrapine. Outside of Terrapine, totally fine. I think this is only visible to Gideon. Adriel is very, very much not checked in right now. Very much is in the middle of a panic attack and also like her ears are ringing. All of you are standing right next to the bridge right off this ship. Welcome to Terrapine. Are, are we ready? ready? Yeah, we're ready. Yeah. Gideon kind of squeezes Adriel okay. reassuringly. Adriel feels like they're gonna either faint or puke. Doesn't know which one's coming first. Oh, I was just going to say, Current is going to turn to Winona and kind of just, like, kind of flirty, but also kind of, like, in solidarity friendship, just, like, you're ready and hold out their hand to offer it to Winona's hand. I'll take it. I'm ready. Together. Brian, I'd like to speak to you before we go. All right. Uh, I'll meet everybody at the, at, the, at the end of the... You go. Once they get a little bit away, uh, they dock off the ship, and we'll handle you all getting off the ship in a moment. Julian says... Take them into Terrapine. I'll go camp in the wilds for a few days. You text me when you guys come back out. I'm not taking risks like that. That's fucking absurd. Are you a... What? No, I'm not giving us... I'm not giving them our location. You can't you go take into them the inside. wilds by yourself. You haven't ever been down here before. I'm an expert, and I didn't ask... I don't care what kind of expert you are. You can read all the fucking books you want. That's not the same as being here. I told I grew you up as a here. kindness, but this was not me asking for permission. And I'm not trying to give you permission. I'm telling you that that's the fucking stupidest thing I've ever heard. What's the alternative? The alternative is that you come with me and we find somebody who can help you with this little problem that you have now. And when you do, text me. I can't. We're surrounded by iron. Did you miss that part? There is inside of Terrapine and outside of Terrapine. Yeah, and by the time we get back outside of Terrapine, how do I know you're even going to still be alive? You're going to leave these kids that. alone? I can handle that. The you're wilds are out here. here. Not Julian, you're not going into the wilds by yourself. Brian, I don't know and who if you I are, but I did not pose this as an option. Brian, to the ship, I will do it. I don't. I had a blade held to me once before, and I vowed that I would not be caught unaware again. Well, Julian is saying this, a great sword taller than you, probably twice your size, arcanically appears at their back. This shining, shimmering gold, maybe four and a half, five foot. Would I recognize this as something that a royal would have? Not what a royal would have, but this is big boy magic. Are you threatening me with your big, beautiful sword, Julian? Is that what you're doing right now? I didn't take you putting my knife to my throat as a threat. Why would you perceive this any differently? Because I'm telling you that if you go into the wilds, you're gonna die. Oh, sorry. I forgot that I asked. 
And Julian turns around to go and walk away. Brian is going to try to stop him. How would you intend to do that? I'm going to take one of my daggers and flick it and try to pin one of his feet to the deck. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead and roll that attack. 24 to hit. Yeah, that's going to hit. So you throw it and it pins uh, just the edge of this like leather shoe into the ground. Not cutting or anything. Yeah, just the shoe. Julian looks up slowly. She says, you want to try that again? Assassins don't scare me. Maybe that one didn't. But here's a little tip, Julian. If I'd been the one that you encountered last time, there wouldn't have been a second. Get your ass off this ship and follow the rest of the group. I don't know what kind of spell you've woven on Gideon or Adriel, but I promise I will not let any harm come to them. And if you are part of that harm, I will not hesitate. And that is my final warning. Came here to keep them alive. Julian disappears. Julian is gone. Suddenly, only the blade is left. You see it kind of chunk and fall to the side as what was there is not holding it anymore. I'm going to walk forward pick up the dagger, resheath it, and then kind of, like, put my hands on my head for a second and, like, take some deep breaths because I'm, like, boiling with rage right now. Um, take some deep breaths, and then I'm going to compose myself, and I'm going to turn, and I'm going to follow everybody else off the ship. When Brian approaches, I look at her, and I kind of just go, where's Julian? You go to ask, and then you hear, Nikia, I haven't seen you in, like, two hours! And, like, someone, like, goes to, like, like, and, like, puts an, a hand on Gideon's ah! shoulder. Gideon, you feel a hand on your shoulder go to turn you around and say, Nikia, I was looking. I was trying to make it onto the ship. Oh, hello. Hello. Hi. Do I recognize a person who thinks that Gideon is Nikia? That's a good question. No. As uh, they, like, go to turn you around, it's this um, Firbolg man. He's pretty tall as well, a little bit stocky. All Firbolgs are tall and stocky, so it's not much different. But this one's a bit, like, this is this. he's well-armored. He looks capable and also excitable. And then, like, he looks like it's you and is get, gets, like, visibly less excited and was like, oh, I'm sorry, I thought it was the jacket. My bad. You are a stranger who touched me. Who is Nakia? I'm so sorry. I do not try to be a stranger who touches under strangers. I'm just going to go. My deepest apologies. You ever make it into Terrapine, find my cafe. I'll get you a free one. My bad. Uh, they turn around uh, and, like, go to go back. Thank to you very much. Gideon angrily yells at Who the fuck is Nakia? You got a twin we don't know about? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, get used to that. That's There's a lot of that. Uh, sorry about it. Uh, Azure will try again and go. Julian? Question mark? You're all sort of walking together. They stayed behind something about needing to talk to somebody down in the engine room. That makes no sense. There are Pause. Is experts. anyone causing for an insight versus deception? I'm calling for an insight versus deception. Okay. Do you know me well enough to know if I'm lying to you? I think Adriel just knows people in general. I don't know if she knows you well enough to see if if, if you're lying, per se. Fair so enough. anyone who would like to suss Brian out, go ahead and roll an insight. Brian, deception. It's a 19 on the deception roll. Oh, I love oh boy. Nine. Wait a minute. Fuck. It's a 14. Well, it's a nine insight, so RIP to bestie. Is anyone else? There we go. Thank you, current. Six. Woof. I'm sorry. I was focused on the fur ball. What was Brian's lie exactly? Because I'm trying to decide how much I want to use. I said that uh, Julian went to talk to somebody down in the engine room. Stayed on the ship. Are you going to Tides of Chaos? I was going to use my second inspiration because it's so tasty. Oh, you do have second inspiration. Oh, by all means. 
Oh, that would bring you up to a... A 22. A nat 20. 20. Oh, a natural 20. You're the only one who knows Brian's tell. Would you like to expose it to the rest of the group right now? I don't don't know Brian's tell off the top of my head. Yeah, so Brian, go ahead and tell Gideon what your tell is. When Brian lies, she tilts her mouth to the side before she says it, but it's usually like a split second, and so most people don't catch it. You said Julian is... Yeah, the one who asked me to stay back. He's down in the engine room. So if I go in the engine room right now, I'll find Julian? Yeah. She's going to kind of, like, narrow her gut eye at you just a little bit, as if to say, like, shut the fuck up. I will tell you later. If Julian is far from the engine room, I would like to know that for personal reasons. Uh, They have my sunglasses. You are walking all together. You're trying to whisper to one another while acting casual. Brian um, is going to lean in a little bit and say, can we talk after we figure out the sponsorship thing? I don't know if I have time. Is anyone like right next to us? Are we allowed to like? Yeah. Adriel's like right next to you. Adriel's in love with you. Yeah. (sighs) Mm, We will have to. Adriel, I know you're having a rough. Do you mind if I talk to Brian in private for two seconds? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's fine. Um, And she'll go uh, to current. Okay. And she'll, like, come up on Current and, like, hold Current's other hands. Adriel's having a hard time right now. I think Current just, Current is very close to, to Adriel and, and just knows that, knows what that grasp is. And just look at Adriel and I'll hold it, hold your hand tighter and just give you kind of, like, a reassuring look and kind of, like, asking if you're okay with my eyes, but knowing that, that you're not just in, like, a reassuring, I know that you're not okay. Adriel will just sigh quietly. And just squeeze back. We go now to those who are leading the pace, walking in front. We are on the mouth of this giant tortoise iron statue. You are just an ant crawling across the the surface of this shell as you are being led through the docks. And this is an entirely new place for all of the castle kids. And it is so different. It There is this liveliness that Curthus just does not have. You can feel the heartbeat of this town, like New York City, right? The second you enter it, that thriving organism you are now a part of. You hear people shouting at you, trying to sell things, saying like, oh, I just got the sickest artifact from the wilds and I'm gonna give it to the first person who can give me 15 gold. You know, all this kind of stuff, you know, uh, things that would easily pull you were you alone, Gideon. And you are walking through the outside. Architecture out here is not as nice. These makeshift shacks and houses all pinned to the side of this statue, like places where structures were not meant to live. You can see that this is a rowdier section. This is full of militia persons and adventurers who are all just staying on the outside for the night before they head back in, or they're docking and they're moving equipment, or they're bringing stuff in. This is gritty docks, but like the way that Curthis, you know, was never able to give it to you. You know, you hear people shouting like, I got a fish. Oh my God, when was the last time you had a freaking fish? You see off in the distance on the side of this shell, this massive gate and these giant iron chains that are bringing this, uh, what can only be called like almost, you know, the little like 
the little like uh, I'm thinking of the That's So Raven episode where they're standing in the little window washer thingy and then like it goes all sideways and they twist around. That is exactly what I'm imagining, unfortunately, but like a larger, more industrial iron like elevator with an open top and just gated edges are bringing people up and down from the wilds itself. You see two guard towers on the either side of this gate with magical snipers, not even with like bows and arrows, but with these complex sort of hand cannons pointed down just on the off chance. Brian, you know those are iron bullets and they are rare and saved for just there because like defense is frequent, but Terrapine is literally one of the only places in Akramon who has clawed life home from the wilds. And you are walking through the first place that you ever considered that as Gideon presses. We continue. Is there a reason you're talking to me about this right now? Yes, it's very... What? Where is Julian? Where did Julian really go, Brian? I don't know, Gideon. What are you not telling me? Is there like a loud hustle and bustle so that if I am whispering in someone's ear, there's not going to be... Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, no, you're and you're a pretty safe distance from your friends, yeah. I was going to tell you this, but unless uh, the horrible time... There's never a good fucking time when the wilds get oh, introduced to it. Yes. Julian is not Julian. Julian is someone else. Who is he? Hmm. Oh, I don't know. No one important. Just, just... I don't believe that for a fucking second. Oh, Gideon, who just, is he? Just, just, uh, just Misha Osirov. The monarch we are going on this floor. Misha Osirov? And we're in love with Adriel. Oh, my fucking So God. is Jade. Everyone, and... But what? Jade's not on the boat. I would have... Re- if Jade disappeared, I'd say, rot! Who the fuck but is Jade? You never need to know. But Misha, Julian... Why are we talking about some idiot named Joe? What the fuck, Gideon? Gideon, are you fucking no, with me? No, I wish I was, Brian. You need I to tell me. about this goddamn turtle, I swear to God. Where did they go? Where did they go? Because I can't, I can't be the one. I can't be the one responsible for finding Julian. I don't know. Somewhere. Gideon? Gideon? Gid? Gid? Mm. Do you remember earlier when I told you to be very, very cool? This I just me trying. Yeah. I'm gonna need you to be like so cool that you're like ice right now. Oh my god, it feels like it's on fire, Brian. I'm on fire! I understand. I'm on fire, Brian! I'm gonna need you to act <laughs> like everything's yeah. fine. What's up? Until we get through the checkpoint. Because if we don't get through the checkpoint, these fucking thieves are gonna take our ship and we're all gonna die. Do you understand? Okay. Do you yep. understand? Not once if you Ooh. understand. Okay. And I was right, you didn't like the sunglasses. I want you to know, this is not about the fucking sunglasses. Oh my god. You're a child, stop it. Sorry, I'm very stressed out. I lost Julian. My only job. Relax. Not Julian. Say the name, don't even, don't even think it. I'm sorry, you didn't know I'm digging a lot out on you. It's not your fault. I'm very stressed right now. The reason I told you to put on the sunglasses is because when you fell, you became a vessel for a curse, a fake curse. Oh, that's so cool! What? Okay. Oh my god, no it's not. What would have happened if you kept that curse, Gideon, is that the Ilya, which is one of the most dangerous goddamn factions in the wilds, would have been able to look through your eyes anytime they wanted, okay? 
Think that at this point it would be fair for Current or Adriel to ask for an insight check because Kidian is doing a lot of hand movements that are perceptible from the <laughs> I would like to do an insight yeah, check. Yeah, can I get insight checks from both of you? And if you'd like to roll uh, a deception, Molly, or just call the DC, you can also do that. Hey, besties, a uh, 22. 22? I'm not going to Okay, so you're telling me on a 22 and a 16 they've both succeeded? Oh, man. Kern and Adriel, the couple is fighting. They're like 20 feet in front of you. Adriel sees this and walks, lets go of Kern's hand and walks straight up. Kern and Winona, are you following or are you keeping distance? Do I hear Adriel approach? I'll roll you almost certainly check. do. Oh, I was just going to turn to Winona and be like, I'm going to... I'm gonna go see what's. You can come if you want to. Honestly, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go check. Honestly, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna kind of just take some. Like, I'm gonna have some me time. I'm gonna let y'all do what seems to be your thing. Okay, I'll see you. Look, you're great. I'm, you're awesome. You're amazing. Keep, I'll be right back. Yep. Adriel, in something that is completely uncharacteristic to her, walks over to both of them and kind of puts her arm around Gideon's shoulders. And, like, can't do it to Brian because Brian's so much shorter than them. But if Brian was the same height, would also do it to Brian. And just go, so listen, I know that you're not okay when she looks at Gideon. And I know that you're hiding something from me. And so before we get to this fucking checkpoint, we're going to start being honest with each other. Current, you hear this as well. And I'm walking up behind and I'm going to go. So Adriel is between Gideon and... Okay, I'm going to walk over on to the side that that kind of brines on almost like I'm walking backwards in front of me like you know I can count on one hand how many times I've heard Gideon reach those octaves mm-hmm. and none of them were ever good um sometimes they were good sometimes they were good current I literally can't be absolutely no one I is take that about back. your sex life right now first of all second of all I wish I was we will talk about this later I was okay I will tell everybody what's going on as soon as we get through the checkpoint, because I will reiterate, if we do not get through the checkpoint, we will all die, and the thieves that run this town will take the ship. Are we clear? Uh, Crystal. Yeah, Crystal. we're clear. I have one question. Julian's not on the fucking ship, is he? I cannot answer that question right now. I she, turns to Gideon. she turns Wait, to Gideon. She turns to Gideon. Why? <laughs> She's going to grab your hand. Brian's going to grab you and try to prevent you from going. We will resolve that in a moment. Winona, you are walking along, and you are watching this like gaggle of, like... I honestly think drama you tried to avoid all throughout your teens to early 20s, but tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah, just from like a temp check, Winona was always like, find me when this is done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just like one of those friends who's like, I'm sorry, I'm like way too busy being cool to like even remotely put up with this. <laughs> uh, you know, that kind of energy. And you feel like there, there's like a gap in, you know, Current's presence when she leaves. And you're, like, watching your your group of uh, friends, I guess is the best word you have for them right now, Mm -hmm. even though I'm not sure if you would call them that. When you feel that space get taken up by someone else. And I think you look over and you see this human woman sort of standing next to you. She's in garb that's pretty similar to everyone else out here, except for probably this really cool pair of emerald green. They look like 
leather boots that have been fashioned to look like sneakers that aren't unlike yours. And she's walking alongside you. She's She's got nothing more than like a simple like long sword at her belt. And she falls into step with you effortlessly. And she's also looking at all of your friends in front of you. And she says, are those a bunch of Kurthus kids fighting? What's it to you? I've just never seen a bunch of Kurthus kids, let alone them fight like that. Are they always that animated and also in public? Who are you? I'm Evie. It's nice to meet you. She holds out her hand. Hi. Winona just waves back, not trusting anybody too readily. Oh, sorry. Mm -hmm. Terrapine loves strangers. You must not be used to that. No, not quite. Anyway, I'm going to, uh, is there, is, do you need something? No, I just wanted to say welcome. You looked kind of lonely standing here all the way in the back. Oh, no, I'm, I'm good. I just needed to collect myself for a second. Mm-hmm. Of course. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you uncomfortable. I'll get out of your hair if you want. I, I yeah, I, I'm sorry. I don't, I, my parents told me not to talk to strangers, so I'm going to keep going. Her face kind of turns into a grimace and she goes, man, you really are from Kurthus. Well, good luck down here. Thanks. Mm-hmm. 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 Hey, don't say thank you down here. That shit's not safe. There's a reason I stopped myself. You still said thanks. Noted. Here, I actually, if you want, I actually, ah, fuck, my brother just gave it back to me. He just turned six, and I was gonna sell it, but I'm all about, you know, meter and and the sort of ways of travel. If you put this ring on, you won't be able to say thank you. Do you want it? I'm okay. Do you want to roll an insight check at this yes, point? Because that yes, is a tool available yes, to you, and I know you're a new player. Yes. And any any other one of those jackasses would have asked for it yeah. already. And I want to give you that <laughs> moment. Okay. okay. Uh, so go ahead and roll an insight okay, check. Cool. Winona, this paranoia is eating you alive. Gemma's put the fear of God into you. Mm-hmm. I'm. I. You know, gracious offer. I'm good. Okay. She kind of takes a second, and puts it back in her pocket. Says, all right, I'll get out of your hair then, but that's a pretty nice sword. If you're ever looking for a job, come find me at Hawkmon Grass. I've got you. And uh, she nods, and in a moment, she's kind of faded into the distance. She's standing next to you no longer. I wait, and I, and I, and I scope my surroundings to make sure Evie is no longer within eyeshot, and I absolutely bolt to the other people in front of me. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you were like, absolutely not. <laughs> okay, so then uh, back to the other, other group. Tell me what Winona hears as uh, she's going, as she tries to get closer to your group. Adri says, I'm going to drop this for now, but Julian's not on that fucking boat, is he? And she looks at Gideon. <sighs> I technically don't know where Julian is, so actually I don't know. But is he is he not in the engineering room like Brian no, said he was? No, that I do know. He never was. Oh, he never was. Great. Perfect. Amazing. Cool. Our Feywild expert is missing. Oh. Awesome. Uh, and Adriel will just start walking ahead with, like, an anger and speed that not no one has seen. Like, she's so fucking pissed. You don't have, like, a ton of space to storm off because you have approached the gates. So uh, she's not storming off. She's just kind of, like, walking ahead. Like, she doesn't yeah, want to be a Yeah, but you only have, like, five feet to walk before. That's it's like when you say It's like when you say goodbye to someone and you realize you're all walking the same way. Um, you, like, go to storm off and then you realize you're like, oh, fuck, I'm here at the gates. When Winona runs up, comes, like, sprinting up, Brian turns to her and says, the fuck let your ass on fire? Are you okay? Um... 
you know, I'm just kind of paranoid about everything. And somebody came up to me, and I don't know if they were nice. I mean, I mean, I mean, she's. Wait a minute, were you by yourself? And then she looks around and, like, realizes that everybody else has been up here, and, like. Yeah. Y'all, y'all need okay. to handle your stuff. No, can we don't. Just, I don't know. Can everybody oh. just, can we just, can you, Adriel? Welcome to Terrapine. State your purpose for entrance. Brian's going to walk up to that person and say. There, there's, so this is a, so this gate is like 60 feet tall. Okay. In this, the, with two massive doors and also like sets of iron that fall down. But you can only see the two doors as of right now. There are two dwarven guards who are standing watch on two of these tall entrances after uh, the first set of gates. One of them says, but they're like 10 feet up in the air and they're like surrounded by weapons with a clipboard right in front of them. And they say, state your purpose for entrance. We're here to speak with Exubifax for sponsorship to enter the city. Under what intent? I'm visiting family. This person, like, looks up to, like, look at you. Wait, who the fuck is your family? Hugo. Ah! Is that fucking you, Belia? Oh, my God. Yup. Oh, my it's God. Me. Why the fuck do you come back here? I thought you got out. So did I. All right, get the fuck in here. You might have a hard time getting sponsored, but you're welcome to come on in. Great. She just kind of keeps her head straight. She does not look at anybody. She does not look at a single. <laughs> yeah, everyone's trying to make she, eye contact to you with you, and you are just not. You are not. Indul- you are not. She keeps her head straight forward. Then he looks at Winona and he's like, "Belia, did you know? I did. I absolutely did not know, and I kind of fucking love it. It's so pretty, Belia. Belia. Who? Who would have thought? Not me. Not me. Adriel elbows <laughs> uh, Gideon in the side really I'm hard. Sorry. I'm sorry. Winona didn't even know. Winona didn't. We respect, we, uh, I don't care. We respect names that people have chosen for themselves. Oh, of course. The tips of Brian's ears are red. Brian sounds cooler anyway. They all have, yes. Adriel looks to Brian uh, and just goes, um, should we go in? But what now? Yep, let's go. All right. You all past these giant gates taller than like the castle in Curthus, you know, like that's uh, the castle gates at Curthus. Like this is, this is more to scale than anything you've ever seen. You see treetops fade as you walk into the sunless city and you find yourselves inside for the first time, the fresh air and sky of Curthus now unavailable to you. You walk into this city that has been carved from iron and you see a city of survivors. This magical gate protection field is clouding your vision of Terrapine Greater as you walk in, as you realize you are now at the top of Terrapine Looking down on the inside of this statue, you see an entire city sprawled out beneath you, all full of like industrial half-hazardly put together buildings that have been had nicer buildings built on top of them for more space and enterprise. You see a city with layers. You see a city that is guarded by this magic field. 
And the only thing available to you, as you can check on this map that you look at entering, you see that, like, on this map, there is, like, an indication on, like, where you can and cannot go. So the Hawkmongress Guild Hall, which is there to the south, is available to you. Uh, the Terrapine Tourism Terrace is available to you. And the Terrapinian Embassies are available to you. However... Everything else in this city, this city of levels and layers, anything that's not on this terrace near the top of this tortoise, Papa's going to need a pass. But still, just this much, it's radical. How do the castle kids in Winona breathe this in? I want everybody to know that when we enter the gates, Brian says, home sweet fucking home. Everybody welcome to Terrapine. Wow. All right. Current is kind of repeating in her head that Adriel told them no sneaking, no, no, no trailing off, no trailing off, because all Kurt wants to do is just run up and like, touch all these new things and see what they are. And Believe me, Adriel also wants to do the same as someone who is constantly hungry and thirsty for knowledge. And so she looks at Kurt and she like squeezes her hands so hard. I want to do it so bad. I know. We can't. Uh, we'll die. Don't uh, I can turn into a shark. Baby, I don't think that matters here. There's so much room in my bag. I know. Uh, Let's focus on getting entry to the city. You're right. You're right. Uh, And she kind of just, like, turns back uh, to the group. I think Gideon's, like, next to Winona and is like, do you think they have, like, cool baked goods here? Like, like new things that... I don't know. I want to look at every shop. I know that's weird to say. We're not supposed to eat anything. Uh, Edger will just call out across the way. Just go. You call that out, and Brian, you kind of grimace. You this is you can eat things in Terrapine. This is like such a tourist thing to say. You know, like the tourism terrace is is safe for travelers, and you know that. You know, there are occasionally like flux who will sneak in, but they have to be pretty powerful to even tolerate the presence of iron. You know, it's about as safe as driving a car, which is not. But eh, everyone does it anyways. It's fine. There's so much iron on this goddamn city. It's okay. If you're hungry, you can eat. You won't die. You won't become a slave. It's okay. I appreciate you looking out, though, Well, it's, it's good. And at this point, I think this is the first time that Brian has said it. In uh, when Azriel is not in severe distress from getting hit with a door or cleaning the wounds on Brian's back or trying not to chokehold Julian. <laughs> And so she just kind of looks at Brian. She just goes, I like that one. Good. I'll keep it. Okay. Uh, where should we go? I'm going to lead them to the guild office booth. Well, so we are passing through the tourism terrace. You see various shops as you are walking through people hawking wares at you. All of these sorts of things. You see a traveler's tavern called the Blushing Pear, a shoe shop called Soulmate, a bakery called <gasps> Bridal Suite, a uh, armory and like outfittery called Pannington's, a smaller, grungier, biker-looking tavern called Hawkmongress Haunt. You see that there is a temple here dedicated to all of the gods. You see just a bunch of like tents that are popped off with people selling different wares and different foods. Uh, but you are thrown into the uh, the marketing district of Terrapine. And you're going right past this? Oh, there's a bakery. 
anything There's anybody wants. We can stay here as long as Just we want. Just for like ten seconds. Does anyone want to go to the bakery? Come on! I also, I also go I'll to the go. bakery. I'll go. Thank you. <laughs> I'll follow them because buddy system. Brian's gonna, yeah. Brian, uh, Brian's gonna. Is Current going to the bakery? Current was gonna go get some new shoes until Current heard buddy <laughs> system. Brian's gonna go with Current. <laughs> Brian will go with Current. But I think Brian kind of sees you like looking wistfully at the shoe shop while the other three go to the bakery, and she's just like, "Come on, let's go." Okay. All right, so you uh, enter the the sweets shop, which is the bridal suite. You walk in, and this is clearly some sort of, not like themed shop, but like this is honoring like the ancient, y'all get married up in Curthis. It's kind of weird because this is like, it would be like walking into a store that honors birthday parties. Uh, There's like a reverence of like the concept of a wedding in here that's a little wild to you. But you see these beautiful, like uh, right on this wall is this beautiful, this mural on a wall of the first queen's wedding. I think some of you who are more uh, historic fans would recognize. Um, And the shop doesn't seem to be like that busy. And the girl who's sort of like at the desk is playing on some sort of violin. You can tell that this is not a nice violin like maybe you are used to in Curthis. This is one that she has clearly made herself. Um, Stitched together of random bits and pieces of like a broken baking pin and a this and that. Like she has made this herself and she's playing it, but she startledly kind of like puts it down when you walk in and says, hello, welcome. Welcome to the bridal suite. Wow. And you, you approach like the display case and you see that like, this is all comfort suites. These are all like, we've pulled this specifically, this this uh, ingredient from the wilds and we've turned it into something new and beautiful, maybe using resources that, you know, you wouldn't see coming, right? Like, you know, a paste of banana peels that somehow tastes much better than it should, you know? All of this, you know, more recycled, Oh my god, like, you know, it, it is more a naturalistic, but not in a good way. <laughs> this is the best place I've ever been. And Gideon's, like, up looking at the glass display and then turns back to Winona and Adriel and goes, just get whatever you want, I'll, I'll pay for it. I'll pay, this is, I dragged y'all here, so I'll just get whatever you want. Uh, Adriel, I already know what you like. Are you sure? Oh, I'm positive, Winona. We can also do custom orders if you're celebrating any kind of event, or if it's a funeral. What if it's both? <laughs> a custom funeral. I'm really only used to making, like, uh, uh, cakes for one certain kind of event, but I could make, like, half a cake, like, a cake that's, like, half funeral cake and, like, cake that's half dedicated to the other kind of event it is. It could be sort of a hybrid situation. I would happily learn how to. And Adra will look at Winona and Gideon and just go, I don't know if we have time to get a custom cake. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Our turnaround time can sometimes be as short as two hours, depending on our availability. Would you like me to check for you? Yeah, and if if we, like, pay for it and we're not here to pick it up, does that mean, like, you guys just get to enjoy it? We donated all of our leftovers to the Yeah, we're going to get a half funeral, uh, and Mm -hmm. then what would the the other half? Half funeral? What was the other half? Um, I I mean, Uh, half half adventure. Right? Yes. First time adventure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, of course. Um. <laughs> uh, oh, are you all new? Yeah. Like death's kind of an yeah, adventure, yeah, too, right? Yeah. So. 
Maybe. So there's actually uh, a Terrapinian cake that was popularized by the Hakmongress. It's called the Cake of Last Rites. And uh, popular adventuring groups order it right before they go on their journey. So would you like it to be half last rite, half funeral cake? Maybe not the half funeral cake. Just in case it does go to the orphans, I don't think that's very kind of us. Also, uh, it's just, it's popular to say here that you tempt the gods if you buy a funeral cake for no occasion. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. yeah, so maybe we don't we buy don't, a funeral yeah, cake. Half, no. half adventure. No funeral cake? Half half divorce. Half adventure? We'll do half adventure, half divorce. Divorce? Why don't we just do I, the whole, why don't we just do it be fully last rites? it's enough to just do, I want a divorce cake, Adriel. Does no one else want to have a divorce cake? Who's getting divorced, Gideon? Well, not, not me. I just think it'd be funny. I'm sorry. We'll do an adventure cake. That sounds amazing. And then and then we'll we'll get some more stuff. A cake of last rites then? Yeah. And do you still want yes. the cost do you still want the custom where we put a single gold piece, piece in and whoever bites it gets the riches of the adventure? Yes. Now, uh is there any uh specific requests that you have any certain flavor profiles anything you'd like me to write on the top? I think Gideon's trying to suss out what baked goods Winona likes because they want to Bake for her someday without necessarily saying that. So they look to Winona. And they're like, what sounds tastiest to you, Winona? Uh, <laughs> suspicious tone. I like vanilla-y, creamy things. Like cream puffy kind of things. But like, this is cake, so I don't know how that works. Funfetti. <gasps> is that too adventurous? What's a funfetti? I'll never... Yeah, um... No, if you explain it to me, I love oh. hearing about new foods and traditions. You don't get people from Curthis near ever. Um, so if you have, like, a fun kind of dessert or something you'd like to share with me, oh, I'd happily fun. make it. So, like, <laughs> like, sprinkles? Like, a lot. Oh, are sprinkles the things that are the hardened sugar that you dye specific colors? Yeah, and put in the yeah, those. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've done that once before for a birthday cake. I think I could do that okay. again. Okay, yeah. You're amazing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. Sorry. That's so Thank cool. You. Yeah. Oh, I, thanks. Uh, is there anything else you like? Cake? Wise? Okay, do you have butter cake and rhubarb bars? Ooh. No. Oh, sorry. I don't know things. I, I, I bake on Griffith, so I just... I don't know things. <laughs> I also... I mean, like, I don't... So, uh, with all of that request and no additional decorations? Any inscriptions? Gideon looks over at Adriel and I know, and I guess, would you want anything fun? No, no. I mean, you're the fu- you're the fun one, so uh, hey, you're you fun. Choose. Hey, no. Okay, you're wait, fun. I, I have an I have an idea. Yes. What if what if we what if we got just like five stick figures holding hands, <gasps> drawn on top, right? Yeah. That'd be cool, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right, five stick your figures on top, holding hands. Do you want little hearts for eyes on the stick figures? Yes. Wow. I got you. All right. Um, okay, so with all of those requests and with um, the fun one discount, uh, it's going to be two silver pieces. Gideon hands over uh, four silver pieces and goes, keep, keep the change. I'm Gideon, by the way. Oh, uh, thank you so much. You didn't have to do that. Um... All right, so the name is Gideon on the yeah. order, then? All right, uh, well, Gideon, 
uh, and friends, uh, your order should be uh, ready in about three hours. Hell yeah. Finley! I'm Finley. I real. I sorry, you said your name and I d- didn't say mine. I'm Finley. Your cake will be ready in three hours. Thanks, Finley. Hey, thank you, Finley. You're the best. Thank you. Don't say that until you've tried my cakes. What if they're bad? Oh, it's still true. Just kidding. They're good. You just spent money on them. They're great cakes. Your cakes will be ready in three hours. Thanks, Finley. Take it easy. Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> Never mind. I appreciate it, Finley. <laughs> it's like backing out of the bigger. Don't say that either. Appreciating it is still a mark of debt. Please work on that. It's very dangerous. And then the last thing you hear is like the door closes. Adriel is very visibly distressed at this interaction. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. I'm bad at remembering okay. the rules. I was trying to. What did I say, I'm Gideon? Sorry. What did I'm I say? Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm the one supposed to be teaching Winona to be rude. And here I am being polite. I'm sorry, Winona. That was a bad example. I am sorry, everyone. I just got really excited. I got really excited, that's all. Because it's going to be a new type of funfetti cake, because it's not going to be the type of funfetti that we know on Krukus. It's going to be Wild's funfetti, and that's a whole new ball game. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, exactly, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. I am so glad you both went in there with me. Oh, my God. We cut now to a shop with a uh, distinctly different energy. I'd like to say that much, at least. You head into Soulmate. Brian, just tell me yes or no. Have you been in Soulmate before? Probably. Maybe. Brian doesn't wear shoes. No. Brian doesn't wear shoes. Brian wears the slippers that are on her feet, but prior to this, she did not wear shoes. Interesting. Okay. We talked about this. No, we did. No, we did. Uh, So what are you two talking about as you enter this shop? So are you looking for shoes? Do you need shoes? Am I looking for shoes and do I need shoes are two very different questions. I don't understand that. What does that mean? Sorry. Yes, yes, I do. I think that some shoes that would be better fit for, you know, maybe the wilds would be something maybe with not a heel on it, which is all I brought. Brian's going to look down at your feet and say, oh, yeah, those are probably noisy, huh? Do they click a lot? They, yeah. And I mean, they're sharp, but they're noisy. Nah. Yeah, I, uh, I've worn these same shoes for years. Oh, do you, do you want a pair of no. shoes too? No. No? no? Oh, okay, okay. Thank you for the offer. It's very nice. You're, you're welcome. And, Brian, I know, I know back on the ship, I probably came in real hot, but you gotta understand the implications of finding out what I found out, and I just, I'm sorry, I want to be friends. I don't think that you're a bad person. I think that my dad's probably a little shady. I, and I'm uh, just, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not very good at friends, but I'm trying. So we can do that. Sorry I was hired to kill your dad, and that he was kind of responsible, mostly responsible for this. I mean, if, if he really did that, he ripped a giant hole in your back, so I don't know that I can defend him for that so in a way you just it's okay you don't have to be so let's let's go get some shoes yeah let's get you some shoes are you looking for like sneaky shoes or are you looking for like tough shoes you know i'm not always the best at the sneaky part don't you have a druid form what kind of animal do you turn into well a shark 
Well, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't really need shoes when I'm sharp. Yeah, I just... I don't know how useful that'll be. Maybe... Maybe some... Maybe some... Some strong shoes. Some tough soles. You say maybe a strong shoes with some tough soles as you enter... Soulmate is small and dark. A corner shop that has seemingly been, I don't know, survived the sort of expansion of the Terrapine Tourism Terrace. This shop has a small and ancient feel to it. And Brian, you know very well this shop existed in this form when you left and when you were born. This small, cramped little shop with a tavern on top of it. And all of these shoes in these glass cases. And no light, but these tiny little spotlights almost that are on each of the shoes. And you see the vague form of some kind of shopkeep who's in the back. And you hear a tiny little cobbler's hammer. I don't know fuck about shoemaking. As they work away on something, you hear... Welcome. Take a look around. I turn to Brian and be like, they, they really, uh, they really display their, their shoes. Do they, why do they keep them in glass? Do I know why they keep them in glass? I think that you know that these are all magic shoes. That these all okay. possess some sort of enchantment to them. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's to keep little kids from wandering in and getting spelled. Oh. Oh, are these shoes magic? Yeah. Oh, did you, Wait. Are there shoe stores in Carthus that don't sell magic shoes? No, we just have fashionable shoes. What is fashion? Uh, oh, it, do you know, do you remember when, like, we all kind of walked, all the castle kids kind of walked into House of Huntress and everybody kind of, like, stopped and looked at us real quick and they were like, they look good. That's, that's fashion. You, you know, um, ah, sorry. I, I... Is that why Gideon sometimes wears those tops that are, like, real strappy? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it looks good. Oh, I thought good. that was a personal attack. Okay. Got it. On... Never mind. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, should I Should I ask? Or should, how do we go? Do you know how we uh, go? Or you don't wear shoes, right? So What kind of, what kind of... Uh, you can always tell me what you seek. Can I you be less you. creepy? My God. Well, tell him what you seek, I guess, current. And Brian's going to sit down on one of the little benches that you use to try on shoes. Yeah, that's what's in the middle of the store. It's literally just like a middle with shoe, with like benches and then like shoes on, on the sides. It's like a U shape uh, with this person in the back. Current, do you approach the back? Is the shopkeep, the shoemaker, are they still like talking but enthralled in like the actual shoemaker? They haven't gotten up or anything. You've not gotten close enough to see. Okay. They are still cloaked in shadow. Current's going to kind of walk up and go, hi, yeah. I- As you approach, Current, you see this flicker of gold catch the light off of, because I think like your hurricane form, just like in its natural brings a lightness to it. And even just the hint of that, that dull blue glow, you see reflect off of this almost gold Webbing isn't the right word, but you know when glass shatters, those lines that extend out, those fractures, these gold fractures on this person's body, and you are breathless as you know in your heart 
for the first time in your life, you are in the room with another Janazi. Sorry, I didn't mean to, to, to stare. Or, um, hi, I was looking for a, a shoe that could maybe help somebody in the wild who's never really gone out there before. Many people come to my shop looking for shoes that will keep them alive in the wilds. To know what kind of shoe you would need to keep your soul in your body, I'd have to know your weaknesses. I would have to know what to compensate for. Well, that sounds fucking ominous. Jesus. Going Did you just say that to is ominous. Yes. <sighs> my shop is often one of the last shops that someone goes to before they head into the wilds and die. I take my time telling shoes very seriously. As I was saying, I would need to know the weakness I was compensating for. Some people cannot articulate that to me. You would have to be able to. Brian's just going to look at Current and say, you don't have to do this. I mean, I'm not the best at keeping unseen, keeping quiet. (laughs) That makes sense. You are a hurricane, are you not? How did you know that? I can just look at you and tell. But it's understandable. Hurricanes aren't quiet. Uh, No. You're right. I do struggle with that sometimes. So you are seeking something to keep you quiet on the field, no? Yeah, yeah, that would that would be great. Have you? I'm sorry if this is personal. You you don't have to answer. Or have you lived here your your whole life? I've just I've never seen someone else like me before. Their brow sort of furrows, and I think like they've been casting occasional looks like up and down at you, but this is the first time that they stop what they're working on and look up. And they say, wait, oh, you're right. I have never met a Janazi from Kurthus. There are really none of us there. Did I, did I say I was from Kurthus? <laughs> no, but you walk like you're from Kurthus. You dress like you're from Kurthus. And your shoes are impractical for the wilds. Kern is very, very taken aback right now. Almost not really knowing what to say. Yeah, I, I guess, I, I guess we're, we're pretty easy to spot here. Yes. You should use that to your advantage, not as a weakness. I've met many of us. There are many of us. You will meet many of them. I think there is another Hurricane Janazi in Terrapine Greater. I don't know their name, though. Here? They're here. There's more of you here. <laughs> yeah, I two Air Janazi run the pair. They're siblings. It's lovely. Listen, I don't know how long we're going to be here, but is... Is there some way that we can... I'm sorry, my name's Current, and I've just... I need to know more. Do you mind if... Is there some other time that we could maybe talk if I'm still here? Of course. We can absolutely do that. I don't close shop until midnight, and I reopen it at six, but I could meet you at any of the off hours. I understand what it's like to not have any of your own nearby. You, when you close, you you you'd be here. Do you do you live here in the shop? Uh, no, I head home into Terrapine Greater. But if you're telling me, if you tell me what bar you're staying at, I can hop over for a drink before I go home. And I think Current will kind of turn to we Brian and we bar. I don't think we planned on. Is there is there a bar here, Brian? Brian, there are two there are two taverns you can stay at if you're a tourist who can't get into Terrapine Greater. There is the Hawkmongress Tavern, which is a cheaper but 
a lot grungier and a lot more chaotic. Like, they can't guarantee that you're not going to get in the middle of a fight and lose a kidney. And then uh, there is the Blushing Pair, which which this Genazi just mentioned. And that is run by two Air Genazi, and it is huge. And it is, like, the place where everyone stays when they're waiting for entrance. There's a couple, ideally, will not be in this part of the city when the... Uh when night falls, but, uh, yeah, there's a couple. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. You said the blushing pair. Um, would that be okay? Why have you apologized twice? You have not wronged me. I just am taking in the fact that you're the first Genasi I've seen in my entire life. That's a celebration, not an apology, right? Yeah, you're right. As it goes for Boots of Silence, I have exactly what you're looking for. It's an ancient elven boot that uh, was well regarded for the person who was ever wearing it being unable to make a single sound as they traveled. Yeah, that, that, that sounds great. Can I... do I need to try it on first? So you... There will be a small time for resizing. It can be delicate as I manage the enchantment while I resize the boot, but if you would like, I, I can take your measurements, I can get it fitted, and we can discuss the turnaround time. Yeah, that, that, that'd be great. Absolutely. Perfect. Sounds good. Uh, now, these boots of Elvenkind will come to two gold pieces. Is that all right? That, that's, that's fine. Um, and Kern will reach in, and we'll take out, we'll, I'll take out four gold pieces and hand it over instead. Oh, please. I don't accept payment until the job is done. Are, are you sure? What if we... I don't... If, if we're not here, I don't want you to go through the trouble of, of sizing these and, and no payment. No worries. Please. Okay. You insist. I do. Now, if you don't mind. And they go to step around the counter and they say, if you'll just put your foot here. And they kind of like motion to this pedestal. And Colonel take their one of their boots off and then place the foot there. Brian wants to lean forward and watch this happen. I think she's really fascinated. I think uh, we see the the stone underneath Current's foot melt and create a perfect cast in this single moment as this Earth Genasi melds Earth. And they say, easy as that. Now is this a rush order? Yeah. Yes. We, we're not sure how long we're going to... Yeah, it looks like Brian. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, you're coming to me at the end of the day, so the best I can offer is the morning. Unless you really need me to get it done tonight, but it might be an increased rate. You know what? I'm really not sure how long we're going to to be here. I, Whatever it costs. Whatever it costs. That kind of rush job will be seven gold pieces. That's fine. Okay. Then, do you wish me to bring them to where you are staying tonight? We don't know um, where that's going to be yet. Then you can come back at closing, and I will turn the shoe over then. Thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. We're not supposed to... The surprise. lights flicker for just a moment, and there's just a small glimmer in their eyes, and their tone changes just a bit, and they just grin up at you, and they say, You're very welcome, but I would curb that habit if I were you. You're right. I'm sorry. It's... First day, um... Apologizing to some flux can also be considered a death, as you have something to apologize for. They're, like, turning this, like, tool in their hands, almost just unthinking. Correct. 
Is Kern's foot still in the measurement thing? Yes. Brian's going to um, gently reach over and tap Kern's ankle to indicate that she should pull her foot out. Can Current? I don't know what kind of check this would be, just to like get a feel of if this Genasi is doing, saying that kind of like as if, if they're trying to do something. You can roll an insight check, you both, if you would like. Yes. I will as well. Not 20 for current and a 21 for me. Yeah, so I think that you are both able to sense this. When you say thank you, there is this surfacing of this raw and ancient power in this shop. That person might be a Janazi, but that is certainly not the entirety of their story. This is probably a flux folk. Current, take your foot out of that. I uh, will be here to pick it up when it's done. I'm, I'm sorry, I, did you, did you say what your name was? Current. You've apologized you a third time in the shop. Current. I just, I just, Current. you didn't say your name. Current, we need to go. You wish for my and name? I'll look at Current, let's go. We don't need your name. I need their name. No, we don't. Current, yeah. so I need to roll a persuasion check? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Can I also roll a persuasion check, Current? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Well, that's a nine. Katie may rolled a 19. I would be happy to tell you my name. As long as I can ask you about your story over drinks tonight. I am so curious to see how a Hurricane Genasi handled the sky on all on her own. Brian has one hand on a dagger at her side. Brian, if you if you try to bring that dagger out at all, you can feel it's locked in its sheath. Deal. You did not just say that. You did not just fucking say the word deal. Oh my fucking god. Why do I bother? Why do I bother? What the fuck is wrong with you? Oh my god. Adriel's going to murder me. Do you? Oh, my gosh. It's fine, the Brian. The panic fine. of mortals is always adorable. It's I won't fine. bring harm to your friend. I don't believe that halfling. for a second. I've lived in this city for hundreds of years. I know you have. I am thrilled to meet you, current. I am Alonia. Pleasure. Is it? Is it? Your shoes will be ready tonight. I will bring them by. Something tells me I will be able to find you. Yeah, something tells me. Jesus fucking Christ. Abyss of fucking... Brian, it's fashion. For fashion. You wanted fashion? Halfling. Fashion. No. It's not just fashion anymore. Halfling, please know that if there was anyone to learn this lesson in Terraprine from, you're luckiest it was from me. If you cannot find your way in through the guilds, talk to me and I might be able to make something happen for you. What's the price for that? We can talk about it when the time comes. Mm. If the time comes. And how do I know that you're not going to prevent us getting sponsorship from the guilds now that you know we're here? I don't care about you. That's the most comforting thing you've said so far. I try. Karen, can we go? Yeah, we can go. Brian's going to stay in the store and look at Alonia, you said? Hmm? While current leaves. What are you playing at? I play for nothing. I have a home. That's all I've ever wanted. I've already won the game. But I am interested to find out what kind of game you're playing. If she brings friends with her tonight, is that going to be a problem? No. Can I roll an inside check? Yeah, go for it. 13? Yeah, you get a pretty good impression that this person considers you uh, the smallest of potatoes. 
I say, I think I'll be all right. Then I guess we'll see you tonight. Why did Kurthus let a Hurricane Janazi leave their grasp? Because Kurthus doesn't know what's good for it. And I think you know that as well as I do. Truer words have never been spoken. They are, right? What they say about fretsmen. They do have to spend a lot of their time fretting. I'd keep your little one safe. You haven't done a good job so far. Brent's gonna turn and leave. And you all reconvene outside. You like leave at the same time. Like this great, like, oh, the exuberance of a found like cute girl in a cake. <laughs> and uh, that energy converges at the same time. When we walk outside, Brian is gonna take current um, by the arm and like, she's mad. And she's gonna take her by the arm and kind of like yank her and like push her up against the wall and put one hand in the center of her chest. You can't just, you can't just do that to people. She's gonna do it again. She's gonna put one hand in the center of Kurt's chest and say, were you not fucking listening to a goddamn word that was said on that boat? What is wrong with you? You just made a deal with the fucking flux folk. Do you know what kind of debt that is? I think like current is so stunned and, and suspended in this moment of tension, sexual, fear-based or otherwise. Uh, this is when Adriel, Winona and Gideon leave the shop. So Sam, will you tell our three friends what they see? Yeah, so when they come out of the bakery, Brian has current pinned against the wall outside of the shoe shop with one hand like in the center of um, current's chest or like as close to the center of current's chest as she can get um, based on height differences. It's a little bit funny looking, I think, because Brian is very small and she, but she like <laughs> she has tall energy in this moment. Adriel uh, peers over Gideon's shoulder and just goes, is Brian flirting or are they fighting? They're fighting. Oh, what? Okay, oh. great. Awesome. Great. Perfect. And Adriel will just start walking over there. What happened? We got a, we got a cake. What happened with them? Brian, you had like kind of shoved current up against this wall mm-hmm. to have a very serious conversation. Yeah, Adri walks over. Uh, Brian, Brian, what's happening? Current, do you want to explain what happened or do you want me to explain what happened? Look, we went into the shoe shop and there may have been another Janasi in there. A flux Janasi. Hey. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. You were given four rules on the ship. What were they? Tell me right now, what were they? Never make a promise in threes. Iron is good. Don't ever say thank you, which I admit I forgot. You didn't mention anything about saying sorry. Oh, no. That's just a... That's just... I forget how fucking polite you people are. Jesus Christ, don't be nice to people here. You were literally raised that way. Okay, uh, so Adriel will look at Current and then look at Brian. Did you say thank you to a flux folk? Current? Indeed, they did. Do you want to know what else they said to a flux folk? Adriel? What? What? It's a deal. Current? Adriel throws her hands up in the air and does a full 360. That's it. You don't get to be buddies with anyone else on this fucking trip. You don't get to be buddies with anyone else. Unfortunately, what? We all have to come back here tonight at close because Current bought a pair of shoes and has to have a meeting with the Flux Genasi. I didn't know they were Flux. 
It doesn't matter. You said you, and then you said it's a deal. After you knew. By that point, they'd revealed themselves. That's very exciting, Kurt. I understand that that's very exciting. Kurt, I get it. I get it. I've never seen another asthma. I get that it was probably really fucking exciting. However, and she like cups your face, we are in the wilds. And if you die out here, I'm also going to die. So stop. No one's dying. Do we, do I, do you? Do I make myself clear? Brian's gonna step away from current and like take a step back and face the entire group and say, everybody look at me right now. Look at me. Look at okay. me. I'll, I'll let go of current. If another one of you says thank you to a single soul in this city, I will personally murder you. Understood? Yes, Brian. Yeah. I'd like to point out why Nana doesn't deserve this scolding. And we have a cake commission to be picked up in three hours, which may make the situation a little bit better. Because we have to come back anyway. So, I just wanted to say that. Are you seriously talking to me about cake right now, Gideon? You got a problem with cake? for all of us, but I, but I hear you. We are going to go talk to the guilds and find sponsorship. Okay. And get into the city proper. No one speaks but me until that happens. Understood? Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Because clearly you can't be trusted to save your own fucking necks. Adriel, like, mumbles to herself. I didn't fucking do anything. She's so over today. <laughs> Are we good? Yes. Let's go. Adriel will... Adriel's wearing this, like, little tiny, like capelet thing on top of her like uh, breastplate and dress and she like pulls the hood of it up because she's just so done. I think when everyone's back is turn, Gideon gives like a oh, that's cool thumbs up to current because they're excited about the Janazi thing. And I'm gonna lead them to where the guild check-ins are. Does anyone have anything else to say this evening? Do we have to take our headphones out again? No, no. Oh, okay. Then no. Scarier. Sometimes chaos is a single strike of lightning. Sometimes chaos is an avalanche of things at once. Now there's no physical avalanche but many things happen to our heroes at once in these next few moments. Brine, you are walking down the stairs. There's about six steps separating the tourism terrace from the embassies, or so they're called. And these embassies are more of a hustle and bustle, but one of the most notable parts of this is each guild has this massive board of open quests that people can just pull from. Ways that offer entry, other goods, promises of returns and favors, and at times, wanted posters. Now your father, Brian, one of the kindest men you've ever met in your life. Yet, on this 
wanted poster, the spitting image, and his name. But Gideon doesn't even have time to process that. As someone comes up behind Gideon, puts a hand on their shoulder and says, Nakia, I think I have a lead on Gemma, and goes to turn you around. Guess what? Winona doesn't even hear that. Because Winona, who's been kind of hanging back, now sees someone enter through the entrance. Not too far from whence you just came. Why? It is the well-armored party of none other than Kiara Lockley walking inside. Chaos is being under the water and not knowing which direction the surface is hiding. And our heroes are certainly drowning when we end our episode. Thank you so much for listening to episode six of Death to Divinity, the first off at all queer D&D 5e actual play show and podcast. Make sure to leave us a like, review, comment on wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us Friday nights at 8.30 p.m. EST over on twitch.tv slash mermaidroyal. And lastly, remember to join our Patreon as Patreon is the only way that we are able to do this. Uh, For $3 a month, you get bonus content, character journals, extra live streams, and more. Thank you so much. As above, so below.